All right, guys, we've launched another Cleveland Moto podcast. We have got, I tell you, this is, we're on the middle of September. I don't care how you want to slice it. I'm Pickle it's, Rick! <laughs> Pickle <laughs> Rick! <laughs> well, the yes. winds just pick up, and I, I see lightning already. It's, it's on our No, we're going to have asses. a storm tonight. Oh, yeah. We're going to straight up have a storm tonight. There's no, no getting around it. <laughs> um, I intentionally left the Ducati at home. I didn't bring any of my cool shit. I didn't wear my Isle of Man brand yeah, new Isle of Man helmet. Man. I didn't do any of the stuff I was going to do for the podcast because I knew it was going to rain tonight. Yeah, yeah. And we've got that kind of weather forecasting these days where we can do that. Oh, September. Oh, September. And you know what? Because this calendar's all fucked up, we're getting that August weather right now. Right, yeah. yeah we're yeah. getting that proper weather. To my left is... Oscar. Back. It's been a, it's been a been minute. A good, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, very cool. And returning... Josh Ford. Josh Ford, it's been a while, man. Mm-hmm. And you bought a bike. Bought a bike. You got an FZ. Yeah, I was mm. tired of wrenching and not riding, so I got something I could ride while I wrench. That's always the right the right mix. As yeah. we always say, if you're going to have a project bike, buy a reliable bike with it, mm-hmm. so you don't lose your love of riding. <laughs> yeah, right? sure. So you can still enjoy riding while you're working on the bike that you're wrenching on. And to his left, Dan Kropke. Dan and Dan's back with a bottle. And Dan, tell us about what you brought. I bought a bottle of Tom and Tell scotch from uh, from the Highlands. This is a little village we stayed in a couple of weeks ago. That would then have to be the coolest bottle in the world because you were there. Absolutely. That's fucking cool. Nice. I mean, so you did, how long were you in Scotland? Two weeks in Scotland, four days in Dublin. Oh, man. You and Naked Jim need to get together and hang out and discuss your trips because... <laughs> He did the same thing. He took a big Scottish trip to go see his family. Not while he's so, naked, though. But no, no. Just, I've, been attack, I've been tackled by him naked before. It's a rather pleasant experience. <laughs> i got to say, he was a gentle uh, assailant. Yeah. Three stars. We were three stars. <laughs> we were both chromed up, too. Like, we were all chromed oh, up for Valhalla. Oh, and he just showed up out of nowhere, like fucking naked Jim out of fucking nowhere. And next thing I know, I'm on the ground. And I was wearing my like, like Captain America onesie and stuff. <laughs> and next, and I'm on the ground with just a with a naked dude, who, by the way, is, I hope he's older than I am. I, I hmm. you get to a point in your life where you turn 50 years old and you're like, I'm older than a lot of people that I hang out with, but there's one or two people that are older than me, and I'm happy that those one or two people that are older than me. Are setting a standard I hope to live up to someday yep, yep, yep. for shenanigans. You know, yep. these aren't the like. My dad, when he was forty, was a broke dick piece of shit. <laughs> By the time he was fifty, he was useless to everybody. <laughs> Knees were shot, hips were shot, everything was shot. Diabetic, just a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. on wheels. Been drinking Coca Cola his whole fucking life, smoking cigarettes. Right, just no no fun for anyone at that point, especially not us, the family. But as 50 years old, the other day, you know, we came here in the shop and we did a whole bunch of push-ups. Be like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, modern push-ups are different than they were when I was a child. Did did anyone know they changed push-ups? They changed push-ups. Now you push up from, like, your lower ribs. Mm -hmm. You don't push up from your nipples anymore. Mm -hmm. We used to push up, like, you know, yeah, they're pushing up from their middles now. You you can blow out your shoulder that way. I have no idea. It's very weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's a lot harder. Yeah, it's totally different. I'm still the guy that does the yeah. wide push-up and then the diamond push-up. Right. So I do one diamond, one wide, one diamond, one wide, and it gives you that nice, diverse workout. You know, it's something I picked up when I was a little kid going to Mina Jiu-Jitsu class. 
And so I started using the, the fist. So actually, you can oh, get you can get deeper push-ups. on it. Yeah, you can get deeper. You on can it. go deeper with a fist. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> if you do you, it right. You heard it here first. <laughs> can you push up and clap between the next one? I never tried that. So yes, I I, I can do that for like four. And then on the fifth one, it's a crash. That's awesome, because oh. I can maybe do four, probably not. Right. Yeah, never tried. <laughs> not not that. of that type. My regular. favorite thing is when I get the nieces and nephews together. We get the whole gaggle together. And then you get the... And we do the community push-up where everyone puts their feet on the other person's shoulders. Oh. And you make a big circle. Okay. Mm. And everybody pushes at the same time, and there's nothing but hands on the ground. No feet. Mm. It's yeah. fun. Just uh, to do that never community that. push-up is always fun. The kids get excited about it, you know, and I feel like I'm viral and relevant. <laughs> so. Hashtag push-ups. Hashtag push-ups. <laughs> hey, man, a, good, a, a guy that I know that was like, held his shit together well into his 80s, he said, if you're going to do an exercise, do push-ups. And I thought, that's pretty fair. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, that's cool. So you've got this crazy good-looking bottle of Scotch, scotchy, scotch, scotch, scotch. Product of Scotland, Tom and Tool, the Gentle Dram. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool, man. And uh, by the way, the Tlath is pronounced Tlath. 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 So Tlath, which is on the bottle in some form of Gaelic Scottish. Would that be Welsh? No, that's no. Gaelic. That's Gaelic. That's Gaelic, that's Gaelic. Gaelic. All right, because I don't fucking know all of them. And its Gaelic <laughs> meaning is gentle and mellow. Hey, hey Cameron. He made it. We just started. We literally just started. We're talking about scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Oh man, that's fantastic. So I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a little vessel so I can enjoy that. And then what the other bottle you brought is Royal Bracla. Royal Bracla. Both of these sound like something you could be diagnosed with. <laughs> or a vegetable. That's a lot that's a lot nicer than what I was gonna say. <laughs> Did you eat your broccoli today? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Thanks, Mom. I'm working on it. And that is a Highland single malt scotch whiskey. The king's own whiskey. Don't you sell royal bro- broccolis here? I do, I do sell royal broccolis. <laughs> and ironically, they're made in China. Go figure. Um so that's really cool. I'm going to go grab myself a, a vessel. <laughs> yeah. And in the interest of keeping it real, I'm not going to have a chilled vessel. When I'm keeping it real it goes wrong. Rather, rather so where you, you flew out of where to where, how many hops did you have to go through? Well, the, the day I went there, it was crazy. We, we flew from Cleveland to Chicago O'Hare to Dublin to London and then to Aberdeen. Oh, okay. Four airplanes, four countries, and I had to go through security three times. Must have been amazing, right? Then Everything you expected. Got there after dark <laughs> and had to drive on the, on the left to my hotel, and I'd never driven on the left before. Oh. oh. Got this high-tech Mercedes that we rented, and Ooh. somehow I hit a button on the steering wheel that set the speed limiter at 15 miles an hour. So that's all the faster I could get the car to go. <laughs> could have been worse. You could have pulled a Matthew Broderick. But kind of remarkable as far as motorcycling in Scotland, obviously Mm. they've got some of the most awesome roads I've seen. But number one, I didn't see any vintage bikes over there. Hmm. And we were staying within 30 to 40 miles of one of the biggest motorcycle rallies, I think in Europe for sure in the UK. What, What percentage did you see of American bikes over there then? 
Um, I probably would say maybe 25% Harleys. Mm. And we looked this up. It's called the Thunder in the Glens. Thunder in the Glens. And uh, that's in Dundin. And I love, again, I fucking love the name of that place. So how you doing? Dundin. Dundin. I'm totally fucking Dundin. Yeah. And it's... And so it's cool because it's free camping and everything else. It's pretty neat. We, yeah. we pulled the data up for yep. on the big screen for anybody who wants to read it. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's uh, Edinburgh Harley-Davidson is the main sponsor of that. So hmm. that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty rad. You know, but over the whole two weeks, I thought it was really interesting that almost every single bike you saw outside of the city was somebody who was touring. You just oh. don't see people riding in the countryside just on an afternoon huh. ride. They're going somewhere. I got the idea that a lot of the people I saw with motorcycles, that's maybe their only form of transportation. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Something to think about. I'll probably tell you, it's fucking scotch. Probably didn't that's see any nice. fewer on the rainy days than I did on the clear days. So Roads are really narrow? or, or Yeah, really, really super narrow. So it was the stuff that you saw that wasn't, American or Harley Davidson, I'm assuming, for the most part, right? As far as you said, one in four bikes you said was Harley. Well, Harley, probably another one in four was BMW. Okay. And then the other 50% was everything else. Okay. A lot of Japanese. Yeah, a lot of Japanese, mostly right? Japanese. Yeah. A few triumphs. Yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely tell you that is scotch. <laughs> As a bourbon drinker, true and true. we know when somebody's made a mistake and given us scotch. And in this case, that is a fucking good scotch. That's like, good. that's delicious. Mm-hmm. That is really tasty. So, well <laughs> done, you. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that, yeah that's, so the, that's the, the Tomatool, right? Tomatool. That is fantastic. When we tried the Brockla. Yeah, I'm, oh, I can't wait. This is gonna be you took a sip and your eyes got different. Yeah, this <laughs> is going to be one exactly of those. I can't see the screen anymore. Um, yeah, this is going to be, we're going to try to avoid another moonshine night uh, that we, uh, we'll live in infamy. Yeah, such a fucking terrible podcast. If anybody's listening. Never again, forget, wish I could remember. Is that the one that apologies. killed the, the pregame? Yeah, the, the, the like new we have the new the rule new at the rule, Cleveland no Motor pre-game. Podcast is yeah. you're not allowed to show up fucked. Uh, <laughs> because it turns out at that, I mean, look at the alcohol collection we have yeah. just on this table, not even mentioning the kitchen. Uh, yeah, there's enough drunk, there's there's five of us for fuck's sake, and we got seven different kinds of alcohol on the table. Uh, and a Mountain Dew. Right, and a Mountain Dew. Way to be a team player. And I've got, and I've got Bunden, Bundaberg chilling with... Uh, bullet so yeah so there we are um so yeah that's a that's a thing we don't do anymore we don't show up drunk to the podcast i'd like to point out that was the week too that uh i rode up on back roads with nick on like the most powerful thing i've ever owned you were riding seriously a zrx yeah and you're not a zrx normal zrx kind of guy like yeah i think your uh, world does not hover around 100 horsepower no no not not in the least Was, uh, Here, so let's drink more. <laughs> you don't round out those horsepower numbers. You know, you know, it's a good night when you're forgetting what you, how you got here and what oh, it is you. Oh, I wonder here. what's parked outside. Yeah, oh, and then no. I go out. I've never been. That's the only time I've ever been disappointed to see that bike. It's the bike I've, I've spent. I've spent more of my life wanting that bike than I have not wanting that yeah. bike. And now and that, that I have it, it. Yeah. but I saw. I was oh. 
Oh shit! Tonight's I rode the that. Night I die. Tonight's the night. I was like, I was trying to let everybody like everybody was ogling it because nobody had seen it really yet, and I was like, you want to take it for a ride around the block? Because in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna look like a really nice guy, and that's more time for me to sober up. <laughs> yeah. You know what you should do? I just put a full tank in. You should just run it down to reserve and tell me what you think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where it jumps over to reserve. Maybe 120, maybe 160. I'm not sure. Pump it down to reserve. I'll give you three and a half hours. I'll be fine by then. <coughs> so, excuse me. My God, that happened quickly. Um, the scotch got in my nose and went, eh, yeah, I should yeah. sneeze now. I'm a peat product. Yeah. The uh, So you got the FZ. Which is one of my absolute favorite bikes. Which really it was good. the first bike I fell in love with. Yeah. Yeah, in I love that bike. In college, up till college, I always liked motorcycles, but there were only three to my knowledge. Okay. There were gold wings, which yep. my shoes didn't have Velcro. Right. So. <laughs> there were ninjas, which I was significantly mm -hmm. not cool enough to own. And there were Harleys, which right. you need leather. And I didn't. Exactly. I was and that pretty well leather. divides America yeah. into our three categories of motorcycles. And then there's also scooters, which are just homosexual, and that's fine. <laughs> we understand you made a life choice. Mm -hmm. I'm there for you. Yeah. yeah. But then I saw an FZ, and I was like, "Whoa! There's like another." Type there's a of whole different brand of. There's a whole different category of motorcycles. <laughs> I didn't know. So it's I've always wanted like one you took a sport bike and somehow extracted the douche. I like <laughs> that there's like three or four different names for that kind of bike, and mm -hmm. all of them are awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you've got muscle bike. Oh, yeah. You've got naked bike. Yeah. yeah you've got yeah, street yeah. fighter. Right. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm. I'm in the knuckle. I'm in the muscle. I'm in the naked bike and street fighter category. We use those terms around here at the shop quite a bit. The muscle bike, though, is basically reserved for, in today's current vernacular, the Diavel. V rod. The V rod. The Rocket and the Kawasaki ZL Eliminator 900 or 1000 and the Honda V65 Magna. Those were like, those were muscle bikes. Like, those were like VMAX, too. VMAX is another great example of a muscle bike. Just fucking goes like stinking a straight line and shits the bed when it comes time for a corner. It just absolutely shits the bed. It doesn't even have to be bad in the corner. Mm -hmm. I think it has a little bit less to do with... I think it has a little bit less to do with, like, being terrible at cornering, but being... It can be perfectly capable at cornering, okay. but you're like, wow, I remember when sport bikes weighed this much yeah. 25, 25 years, years ago. ago. And you know, just like they say, when you buy a when you buy a tent or a jacket, there's waterproof and there's water resistant. Oh yeah, they're not the same Big thing. Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to say that all of those muscle bikes are what I like to call corner resistant. Oof. They will make it through a corner. Not great. And yeah, I've ridden. Even we had a we have a customer that is a, a Diavel, the AMG edition. That means white paint and carbon fiber and like an AMG designed exhaust. So $33,000? Oh yeah, dude, the AMG edition of the DFL is not fucking around when it comes to the number of AMGs that appear on the bike. Like, is it worse, <laughs> oh, you'll appreciate this. Is yeah. it worse than the uh, Mitsubishi, oh Christ. Because AMG is it. normally just reserved for one brand of vehicle. Yeah, so while Mer AMG hasn't always been part of Mercedes-Benz. Right. they were their own tuning shops. Is it the Mitsubishi Debonair? 
Look up really? Mitsubishi. Look up Mitsubishi AMG on your computer. As it's a fucking have, hideous car to begin with. To all the world's questions, it just it gets worse. Like 42? 1980s Mitsubishi's, with very few exceptions, are not very attractive cars. Like I love 80s Japanese cars, AMG, but Mitsubishi of Gallant that era in an AMG Mitsubishi Debonair. Holy shit! The, the Debonair is literally a Lego car. It's, it's <laughs> fucking hideous. I'm not shitting you. It is, and it does appear. The first link comes up on a website called Forgotten Cars, which I love right now almost as much as I love the website, the Facebook group oh, I'm on called I'm Malaise sorry, Motors. Everybody. This is uh, literally, by that. the way, I hope to God, anyone remember the time AMG did up a Mitsubishi? And it is exactly what you'd expect. That's, that's what I fucking love about Jalopnik, is they can't yeah. just have a normal title, they have to put something, 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 and right. it's wonderful. Or do you remember? No, nobody fucking remembers, because we <laughs> and, never got them in the United States. And it is... The A pillar, B pillar, C pillar, and D pillar oh, are all 100% oh, yeah. white Chrysler products. Like that, that is a Chrysler with a plastic grill, some fucking turbo spoke wheels, and by the way, four lugs. So you know it's got power when it only has four lug nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, when you're running 4x100s, I know you don't, you're not putting any real hearspurs to the ground. Uh, yeah, that is a disgusting vehicle. <laughs> that's horrible. That's that's like, fucking straight up horrible. I like how the front and the back both angle up on the bottom. They you know, are so equally it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, they are. Because a lot of Japanese cars have that really pretty surf line, either on the quarter panel mm -hmm. or the door yep. right between the right before the rear wheel that sweeps up. Yep. it's just a very that's Japanese exactly right. thing. And that car did the opposite, which also means it's the opposite of attractive. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. It has it managed like to horse. surgically remove attractive from the definite. <laughs> but here is a debonair. It's a good, that's a good looking debonair. Which would, of course, see, it looks it looks so much like a 1960s car, which means it's from 1990 in yeah. Japan. So right. uh, yeah, they well, did. the other one looked like a shitty 80s. Box oh, it car, did like, look like, like a all the other eighties. It looked like it looked like a Grand Theft Auto car, is what it looked like. Yes, it did. It looked <laughs> like, like nothing in Grand Theft Auto One. Yeah, yeah. sixteen bits. Yeah, eight bit race car, <laughs> and it did also look like it does also look like an Aries, a, a Chrysler Aries K wide edition. Like if if it could be anything in life, it would want to be a Chrysler Aries K car, or a LeBaron. From uh, from the mid '80s, I think besides this, awful. I think besides the Starion, as far as like regular sedans, mm -hmm. I think the only attractive Mitsubishi sedan of that era was probably the uh, the Box Lancer. Mm. That, was my, uh, that was my that was my nickname in high school was Box, Box Lancer. Lancer. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was what they called me. Uh, I was I was famous for my box lancing technique. <laughs> Actually, that is what that's what every gynecologist in America should be called. <laughs> box lancer. I'm going to see the box lancer. You bet you are. Because no, if you go to a doctor and they lance something, they're not lancing it like a knight. That means they're taking something off. No, it usually means they're letting something out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is funny though when you do type in AMG Mitsubishi, the first thing that does come up is the Gallant. Which the, Gal the Gallant's a little better. Looking. The Gallant does look like the a an slightly okay car. less fucked around. Uh, yeah, as as usual, I would like to say that our podcast does sometimes drift into the realm of strange JDM cars. I don't know why, but we do. Um, it's, it could be it could be I'm toxically infecting this world. But that is a Gallant AMG, which I can say has really not received anything that time didn't provide it. It is slightly <laughs> rounded off, but it has the same anemic looking wheel 
arch situation. Like it, it, it's like they took a Gallant VR4 of that generation and they, they replaced all of like the attractive lips and subtle body yes. kit and stuff with, yeah. uh, it's a Pontiac. It's yes, a, it, right, is. it looks it like is. a Pontiac. The, uh, yes, it, is. it may be a Bonneville. Yeah. It could be. Um, it does the, like the Bonneville oh, supercharger. Like an yeah, like and it has the fog lights you'd find on a Skyline circa 1993. So or an AutoZone circa 2005. That's also true. <laughs> yep. So there we are for that. Yay! Uh, so welcome to Car Talk. Uh, only the weird JDM version though of shit nobody's ever seen. People who are listening to this podcast are right now going. You know, I really chose poorly by listening to this podcast whilst driving, as I cannot Google, and I just hit somebody. All right, uh, yeah, because they're gonna—you know—you're gonna fucking Google while you're driving the car. Of course you are. I feel uh, like with the debonair, that's the less you know, the better. I already regret telling you guys about it. I think you should. Yeah, I, I totally do. Right. So uh, that's cool. So two weeks in the, the land. Oh, you did put a little water in there to open up the flavor. No, no, no. I'm drinking this one the way it came out of the bottle. That's Warm the and delicious. Out. Yeah, lets the smoke out. That's brilliant. Yeah. I don't drink a lot of scotch because I just barely got to know bourbon. And scotch, scotch was always that thing I was like, I'm going to drink scotch. And then I was like, I'm going to get sick and fall down. And sure, I, was like, I went the other way. I learned scotch before oh, you I learned did? bourbon. Yeah. I learned bourbon on, um, I can tell you guys, if you're, if you're at all interested, on November 5th of 1987 is the day that will live in infamy. It was the day that a guy named Sergeant Bob brought me into his room in the barracks in Mainz, Germany, showed me his Barrett Light 50. Gun fags will appreciate what that is. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be locked up in the armory, but he had into the fucking wall locker in his room. That's got to be a violation of something. You shouldn't be able to show your Barrett Light 50 to an 18-year-old. And he you did. shouldn't be able to fit a Barrett Light 50 in a, in in like a barracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. And uh, yeah, he showed me his Barrett Light 50 and a bottle of Jim Beam. Mm. That was the first night I was in Germany. I was 18. And I drank a lot of Jim Beam with Sergeant Bob. And I wandered around the barracks and got to meet all these fun and interesting people in the barracks of Headquarters Battalion, 4th, Battalion 34th Armored. And uh, proceeded to puke my living guts out from about 0500 till about my first Article 15. So yeah, super duper great, lots of fun. Uh, don't recommend it. Not the best way to start your introduction to your 18. Uh, you're done with basic training, and now you're in Germany, and now you're gonna drink a whole bunch of bourbon. Yay! I could smell Jim Beam for about nine years. Yeah, Couldn't even be here. Sergeant it. Bob sounds like a good egg overall. Sergeant Bob. <laughs> If you're a sergeant and you still live in the barracks, mm. that's a bad sign. Why just gonna tell it in my drink, Sergeant Bob? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right. Sergeant Bob, I don't know why you need to hide the salami. All right. Uh, yeah. It, you're soft, Sergeant Bob. You shouldn't. I've known two sergeants. I knew two legit straight-up sergeants that lived in the barracks. And a couple of them were in Alpha Company, Line Company, Tank Company, and they were really fucking great guys. They were just single soldiers who happened to be sergeants who lived in the barracks. Everybody else who had achieved the status of being an NCO in the Army had figured out how to get out of the fucking barracks. Mm. Because you know what? You don't want to live in the barracks when you're in the Army. Because you have people coming in on a daily basis and checking to see how wide your underwear is. That's not cool. Right? 
So if you're smart, you get the fuck out of the barracks. That means you shack up with a girl of whatever country you're in, and you <laughs> marry her so that you can split some separate rations and, like, maybe, you know, abuse the class six and your ration card. But just the same, you marry somebody, you know, just out of convenience, and you get the fuck out of the barracks, man. It ain't worth it. Ever. So that, that's, a, that's a thing. Uh, did you know that Ewan McGregor has spent the past ten years being an actor of some repute? And also has healed or licked his room wounds from the long way how do they start that? They start that the long way down. I think first down. one was long way down. Okay. Down. And then they did the long round. way around. Yep. Yeah. Right? Or no, did they do it the it other way? Long way round I'm first. sorry, you're right. And then, and then long, long way down. Because right. yeah. yeah, long way round was 04, right? Right. Oh, 07 was the other one? Or Were those movies? They were. <laughs> they were <laughs> like movie documentary series. series movies things. and, yeah. you're right, docudramas mm -hmm. and a TV series as well that was all about pretending to be doing a around-the-world long-distance motorcycle trip on heavily aluminized cased BMWs pretending that there aren't seven recovery vehicles behind you. And the drama Not part two. was... Yeah, I am. So the drama was Charlie <laughs> really? preaching about KTM probably, <laughs> We right? saw two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They will, they will admit that there were two. Mm -hmm. So they are doing another one. And they're doing another one. And uh, I'm going to call this one. I know they're calling it the long way up. But I am going to call it... <laughs> halfway to the shocker because they're riding electric vehicles and they're going half of the way thanks for not pulling up my article on hd forms about this oh Bill. you did yeah. yeah you have an article on hd for forms? the fucking front page motherfucker let's i mean i use it. the same well, this, are, this article guys. is from argentina though yeah right i mean these are people who were in argentina when they yeah every other every photo. other article i was i was just kidding because every other article you see including mine yeah. uses with those huge uh uh, watermarks on them uses that article. Yeah, right? I mean, these I actually guys... bookmarked it because it's like actually a really good site. Like, I'll never have any use ever again, probably, to know about the Argentinian car market, but like, <laughs> it's a really, really good site. It is a really good site, and I gotta give them credit because Autoblog, um, like this, everything about this article that they wrote, so just to bring you up to speed with what's happening, the, um, and not to steal any thunder from um, Cameron, who carefully cut and Selected, curated, <laughs> pasted, and uh, use thesaurus.com. Right, exactly. Thesaurus.com. <laughs> right. Um, so the basics is in Ushuaia, in you know Tierra del Fuego, the very bottom of America. Um, it would be it would be America's foreskin. <laughs> South America's the tip of South America's tail, if we will. And so right now about six days ago so approximately six days ago these uh these this boat arrived and a bunch of expensive shit started getting unloaded from the boat and tierra del fuego for for people who aren't uh geographically inclined is go to south america and keep going until you run out of land uh, so it's like if you know where Marco Island is in North America, Marco yes. Island, Florida. Right. It's yeah. the Marco Island of South of America. South America. Right. With penguins. Yeah. It pretty much is. You can't get to anything else worth getting to without a boat. Right. It's the last place. It's where the road runs out. <laughs> it's where Route Three just or Route Five. I'm not sure. Uh, 
Yeah, it's where it stops being viable. And at this port down here in Ushuaia, uh, they unloaded a bunch of money. I mean, vehicles. Uh, <laughs> and, and the interesting thing about the vehicles is the ones that had sponsorship are all electrical. They're, they're, uh, we have two, not one, but two uh, Harley-Davidson live wires that have been slightly upgraded <laughs> to be able to go off of the tarmac. And uh, they are, That's you can see them in the, the pictures. Yeah, the blue one uh, clearly has a little more air under the back uh, seat mm -hmm. than it normally would, mm -hmm. right? And the, uh, the orange one, the orange one there has the soft luggage on it, as you can see. Now, remember that you have to pretend as though you're doing this trip in a somewhat unsupported fashion so that you're, you're not going to have the aluminium boxes in this instance. You're just going to have the, um, the soft bags. So you're not going to have to commit to the idea of doing any actual ADV riding. Um, it does appear to have some uh, Metzler-like, Sahara-like tires on it of some sort. Mm. So there's something of the uh, ADV rider ilk on the tire department. But also traveling with them are not one, but two Rivian R1Ts. Pop quiz, can anyone tell me who the money is recently behind the Rivian R1T? Two small companies you might not have heard of. Anyone? Ford and Amazon. Amazon. Uh, that's a little, that's a, a small company that does yeah, book selling. They sell books. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, yeah. a small yeah, Phil, a book retailer. Something I pointed out is yeah. that you'll notice that the Rivian R1, the, the Livewire has a range of almost 100 miles. Almost 100 and miles. And the Rivian R1T has a stated range of over 400 over four miles. Over 400 miles, yeah. yeah. Mm. 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 There is what we like to call an inequality of scale there. And to, and to buffer out the inequality of scale, they have provided themselves with <laughs> Ein F350, Dually. Also electric, right? Yeah. No, that's going to be burning all the of the gasoline. I think and you just press a button and the tailgate goes up and down. It does. <laughs> that and counts. It is a truly deluxe uh, 6.2 liter of the uh, gasoline variety <laughs> and a 24-foot trailer. You know, nice little trailer there, a V-nose trailer. Diesel? What's that? Why not a diesel? That's so unusual. Again, <clears throat> somebody's stacking their deck quite carefully. Because they also have two other Ford products. Oh wait, those aren't Ford products, are they? So that's why they took the giant propeller off the front of that Mercedes. one. Yeah. yeah, those would be Mercedes products. It's a tough looking one on the right. Yeah, that is a four by four, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a four by four with a big old wench. And then a slick side, but also high top Mercedes Sprinter. So two Sprinters, probably what for carrying the camera crews and the journalists and whatnot and uh, all the people to document this uh, travesty. And then I'll bet you that in the giant Darth Vader trailer, they have something resembling a 25,000 watt generator. And three spare bikes. And, I was gonna yeah. say, I think I saw somewhere it said four bikes. Yeah. So the folks on the ground in, you're right, the folks on the ground in Tierra del Fuego have released a little bit of information that there might be two spare backup bikes. Because there were four bikes unloaded off mm -hmm. the boat. Um, unlike previous versions of the long way round and long way 
down, yeah. where they just started out with the three bikes, and then one of them got much happier when his broke, and he got to ride the uh, Kalashnikov Russian 350. So, uh, you know, no replacement for displacement, or in this case, <laughs> kilowatt hours per mile. Uh, yeah, so this is it. So we've got uh, the Rivians times two. So that explains that that covers the Ford involvement. And we've got uh, Harley Davidson live wires times maybe four. Um, so, you know, hey. We'll put two in quotation marks. Yeah. Or we'll do it like uh, like Roger Maris's home run record, and we'll say two with an asterisk next to it. When So to give you an idea of how I'm not going to pull the pure hypocrisy thing, James and I did ride across America on a Mad-Ass 125. And... We rode across America on this Mad S125, uh, but we had a chase vehicle, and our chase vehicle was a lightly rented Toyota Sierra that they had no idea, or Sienna. They had no idea what that bike was going to be, or what that car was going to be used for. And uh, and what was in the back of the Sienna, Phil? An extra Mad S125. <laughs> because when we got to fun places, James and I could dismount the extra Mad S125, and we could go do fun things together on bikes. But, not being a fool, we were aware that these Mad Asses were, in fact, despite their socks lineage, um, they were, in fact, made in China. So we weren't taking mm. any fucking chances. And we didn't. We, we absolutely, positively made sure that we had a spare bike. But, I mean, the live wire has been around for a while. It's been proven. Yeah. A lot of people have ridden it. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. going to be super stable. Oh, wait, no, stable. none of those things are true. Not a single right. one of those things you said is true. I'm still trying to take one for a fucking ride. I oh. mean, yeah. Shocking. I know. It's, it's a bit huh. it's shocking. See what you did there. Hey, hey, hey. Shocking. Oh, that oh, was revolting. Uh, <laughs> hey. Um, if, so, you, if you look at the route that they're on... It doesn't seem like they're ever particularly far away from civilization. Right. This is true. So I think they plan that that very carefully. I this, think this is picture be a was lot taken uh, roady and more soft roady. Yeah, this picture was taken in uh, October of 2009, uh, where James and I were. We arrived in you know actually Annapolis, Maryland. So we did. We started with our feet in the water in San Diego, and we ended up with our feet in the water in Annapolis, Maryland. Is that Alex? Um, that's Alex. That's our friend Alex Tazzy, and yeah. uh, that's James, and that's Sydney, huh. and that's our you know strategically prepared uh, Mad S125 for the cross country trip, and it really did. I mean, that bike did make the trip. Now it was not free of modifications. I mean, we did a lot right. of things to enhance the reliability of that bike, but that bike did ride from San Diego to Annapolis, Maryland. So. Um, that was a pretty good trip, and that was some, you know, 3,200 miles by the time we were done. And that's a lot for a 125cc vehicle uh, when your only chase vehicle is a Toyota Sienna, and we were we were hot seating it, so we would swap mm -hmm. seats. You know, I, James would drive, and then I would drive, and vice versa, back and forth. I had no idea, though, to give the boys uh, from the long way down round their due, I had no idea how fucking big South America is. What the fuck is it big? 
Like, holy shit, that's a big goddamn country. When, when I first <laughs> when, when I when I first saw that you guys that's were a posting, big lots of countries. Like, think that this came up. It it for me the first thing that came up is this is a fucking money grab. Oh, of course. This bike has never been proven. Nobody's ridden it. And all of a sudden, oh, yeah, Charlie and Yoon are definitely wanting to ride these things across yeah. America? Yeah. Bullshit. That's not, there's no, they were bitching so hard about KTM not yes. giving them free bikes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're getting two free bikes that have never ridden by right. anybody right. from Harley. Right. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. And so we did some we did some really intensive research here at, at Cleveland Moto. <laughs> we opened up Google Maps and we tried to do Google Maps because the long way up, like we said, is the short way up because they're not going to Barrow, Alaska, which is where they had originally claimed they were going to go. They're only going as far as that northern uh, fishing village called Los Angeles. Um, they're only going to make it as far as the fishing village of Los Angeles. Um, they're not going all the way to Barrow, Alaska. They're going to, well, the media armpit of America, which is Los Angeles, California. So they're, they're passing through San Diego. That yes. means whale's right. vagina. Whale's right? vagina. Okay, <laughs> right, just checking. Because it's up there up north, right? Yeah. It's way up north. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's way up in that the high north Latino wow. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. I've never gotten that particular notification on Google Maps before. This route crosses through multiple countries. Yes. You like that one? That's I like awesome. the fact that we tried to make the route go to L.A. We tried to go from Ushuaia, Tierra del Fuego, to L.A. And Google Maps said, No lo puedo. <laughs> <laughs> Even on bicycle. And it said, We tried no, everything. You're fucked. We no, tried walking. And it did not let us walk. <laughs> it, it said, You can't walk from Tierra del Fuego to L.A. Which I'm certain people have walked from Tierra del Fuego to L.A. Because we I've been to L.A. I've seen those people. Well, you just did from Tierra del Fuego to Colombia. Colombia. And it's, what, 6,000 miles? 5890. Shortest distance, of course. And that's, right. And you're still We're not telling you to avoid any tolls or ferries. And you're missing Central America, Mexico. Yeah, and no. And that's it. Because right. that's as far as they're going to go. And I'm sure that's not the route they're <laughs> going to take. Bullshit, I would think man. they would go up into the Mexico and, and Guatemala too. and Nicaragua are going to yeah, be like a fucking America. walk in the park after that. Though. Look oh, at that. yeah, Mexico. I just is love the fact that you just can't fucking go. Like, even Google Maps admits, like, we could get you. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. We could get you as far north on paved roads as maybe this little armpit here. You know, La Honda or something, right? Well, what about Medellin? Medellin? Oh, sure. Why not? I mean, you could go there. We could also go, apparently, to... Um, the recharging situation Turbo. might become more difficult. Well, that's that why they have the trucks. It's probably going to be a charging station. There's no way they're going to find any of that shit in we South do, America. We do recommend that folks take this upon themselves to learn that South America has got... Um, some level three charging stations it didn't have a month ago. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know who paid for those. Weird. Uh, Super yeah. weird. Yeah. But the guys who showed up in the black shirts with the orange print on them, who installed <laughs> all these charging stations, uh, these level three chargers. So they're, they're from the A. Masons, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Fuckers. This is bullshit, man. This is, I mean, this literally, just, it's uh, like you took Amazon and dipped it in Harley Davidson. Stirred it with Ford and said, I'll bet you people will watch a really long infomercial about driving from Tierra del Fuego to Los Angeles. 
and all we have to do is build a wall across Mexico to make it happen. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. They're going to stop at the border in Tijuana, and while they're there, they're going to use the almighty power of Amazon, Ford, and Harley Davidson to build a wall, and then they're going to go to L.A., and it's going to be mission accomplished. It's going to be great. The Cheeto in charge is going to be like, we did it. It makes no sense why yeah. they would char stop in L.A. It, it makes no sense. No. Well, except for that's where media is. That's where all the media is. This but that's where the ugly stops. Yes, that is where the ugly stops. So that's why where the ugly stop stops there? and beautiful exactly. starts. Yeah. That, that, the rest part is the easiest part. Because, because you always exit through the gift shop. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, true. True. that's true. Right? That's true. You don't you don't ever make yeah. the media come to see you in Seattle or come to see you in Barrow of fucking Alaska. Who wants to go to Barrow, Alaska in November? No fucking body, right? So where do you do? I you make a trip the, end in LA. The batteries were a concern too with the temperatures up there. Oh, oh, believe me. That you don't I mean, yeah. go somewhere you don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> and the one thing we've learned about um, zeros those guys in Minneapolis that did that wrote a whole book, the guys from Aerostitch, that made a whole book about their experiences with zero electric motorcycles in sub-zero Fahrenheit weather, um, they'll tell you it's not without its challenges. And you don't go up there unless your shit is firmly wired together. Mm. I don't think for a second that Harley-Davidson, Amazon, like, Rivian, and Ford want to show the wrong side of their ass. It's yeah. on the cold day. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Could we make this so our celebrity spokesmodels uh, who are riding these things never have to, like, shiver? Right? Yeah. So how cold is Tierra del Fuego that time of year? It seems like it'd be a little on the chilly side, Pretty right? I mean, yeah. You can yeah. almost see it, Antarctica from there. No, I'm I'm really bad at geography. Are, are they? Are it they is actually really close. Are they <laughs> saying where? Uh, what time of the year are they actually planning? Oh shit! It is really close. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea how close Tierra yeah. del Fuego was to Antarctica, and it turns out it's super duper close to Antarctica. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like. But it's green. It's all <laughs> green. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Well, when you see the map, it's, it's all white, actually. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. If I was Sarah Palin, I would say that I could see oh, Antarctica God. from Ushuaia. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's right there. I'm just saying, it's right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would just, I feel like this would be a lot less of a, like, it seemed like a lot less of a cynical money grab yeah. if they used, like, Harley uh, touring bikes. And just said right. we're just going to go all on either like dirt roads right, or yeah. paved roads, and it's I all going to be through that. cities because their our whole thing is UNICEF, right? Trying yeah. to raise money for UNICEF, yeah. yeah. And you can show like a lot of like a lot of the different cultures and all the different cities and stuff, and you can still not make it seem like it's a work. Okay. You know what I mean? So because the, web, the live wire yeah. is not the bike that you need oh, to yeah. sell millennials. No. No. Millennials no. have already decided that they think the live wire is cool. As a millennial who actually is in the Harley Davidsons, I can tell you the bike that you have to sell me is the fucking $43,000 CVO Road Glide or whatever the fuck. If you guys the would like to check the monitor, I'm going to pull up today's weather in Tierra del Fuego. Fuck that. <laughs> now it's 39 degrees. Yeah, uh, the low uh, tonight is 32. Tomorrow's high will be 42, followed by uh, Saturday, which will be 34. And snowing on so, Sunday. It's a dry 34. It's a dry 34. That's true. <laughs> oh, that'll be it fine. is a dry 34. So yeah, that, that is uh, you know September 13th in Tierra del Fuego. Um, they're calling for snow on Sunday night. 50% chance of snow. So uh, Tierra del Fuckno. <laughs> well, it is, it's the end of their winter. It doesn't, is. Doesn't Fuego mean warm? It does. Tierra fire. of Fire. It yeah, is the Tierra del fire. Fuego. I think it's a joke. Those yeah. Spaniards. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tierra del Fuego. Yes, the land of the fire. 
Sure it is. Just like Greenland <laughs> is never, <laughs> ever cold. Yeah, I got it. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I see what they did there. Good marketing. Yeah, that's excellent marketing. So I'm guessing they're going to do a shit ton of editing for all the swapping bikes between the ones that are in the crate or in the trailer. I can tell you that Fresh this... Batteries. I'm sure there's yeah. been a discussion about don't drop it, and if you drop it, make sure you drop the other one in exactly the same way. Yeah, yes, scratch exactly. the same yeah. shit, because... Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, for the first time, uh, Ewan won't get gas in his face. <laughs> we can all hope for a mouthful of electrons, though. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was interesting when it showed that black trailer, it called it the workshop. Like, they're oh, planning on these things. Breaking. They called it the workshop. It did. And so, actually, you just go in there, and there's a bunch of, like, you know, bondage gear. Uh, <laughs> so, so because I'm treading on thin ice, like, yes, you know, not do. being old enough to remember Woodstock and writing about Harley Davidson's uh, <laughs> with my audience. No, no, you're not old enough to have been your parents been not even Woodstock. alive right yeah i mean yeah so so i have to be like really i have to like tread carefully so i'd like to yeah. point out how diplomatic my last sentence is yes we'd imagine that in contrast to the first two documentaries long way up will focus on city riding because those tires that they put on the live wire are the tires that guys like I put on our bikes that will never go off road when we want yeah. it to look like a tracker. Oh, you're right. Yeah, right. you're right. They're the, not knobby. They're those not tires that are on there nothing. are street and tires. Then, you know what? Those tires will probably do fine on just like dirt roads. Yeah. That's it. right. Yeah, and and that's true. And I've seen skilled. I've seen really skilled off road riders um, take street tires off road. Like I was just watching the review between the Multistrada and the BMW S1000. Um, off-road you know they took these vehicles off into big giant fucking huge boulders and shit and these guys were riding them like they stole them oh really yeah and on the tires that come equipped on the vehicles so it can be done I mean that's the thing is when you're on dry if you're on dry oh, dirt, dry okay. stuff, it's okay. It's mud when you need open rocks. Right. That's true. I think you know? the, the Malaguti, yeah. riding the Malaguti through mud, Ohio, yeah, on those true. little on those dry rotted that, street tires, that is taught true. me more about right. Uh, uh, riding in general. Those were what I like to call wood. Else. Wood yeah. tires. And yeah. I'm guessing that crate right beside it is full of money. Yes. <laughs> that, now, now let's bring that oh, oh, hold on. Hold yeah. the phone. Yeah. Here's one crate with a motorcycle. Yes, exactly. And there's two crates with a motorcycle. Yeah. And I see another one over there. What I like about I this that. particular picture, if you look at this picture, one. you see the skull on the side of it? The skull on the side of it is mm -hmm. a Harley Davidson yep. crate. Okay. Right, so, so there's two crates yeah, right there for sure, and there's another there. crate behind it right there and I for sure. That's the box they just took off. Right. Just yeah, yeah, that's, just that's just how they did it. That's totally just. But how I think they did I did it. read they had four. Yeah, I believe you're right. <laughs> but there's I only they two have... guys riding. Well, technically no, 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 three. No, they got the cameraman. That's the third one. The French guy. Yeah, there's. They'll probably bring back. They did mention three. Well, stunt doubles. Well, well, I I would not be surprised if they're switching them because they're a hundred mile range. Give or take. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Give or take. You know what? And if they're totally upfront about that, if they're just saying yeah. we're running two of each bike just yeah. so that we can make it up without having to right. stop so to every stop. two hours, yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Cool. As it's long the same as they're upfront James about and I that, yes. shared one bike. Yes. Like we shared one bike with two yeah. assholes. So the idea was that the bike could never stop moving. The bike the bike kept going. The bike did a cross country trip. Each asshole did half a cross-country trip, yeah. while the other asshole was in the Toyota well, Sienna. But there was limitation on, on, on being it easier on you guys. This yeah. is the other way around. The yeah. bike will not make more than 100 miles by itself. No, no. The bike literally cannot be quickly refilled with gasoline. Well, but that's the thing. I mean, we've, we've done yeah. trips in a oh, day yeah. more, way more than like 300 miles oh, in a day. Yeah. 
easily and I, I by think, accident. <clears throat> right. If they, right. If they yeah. want so this to like not get completely made fun of by right. anybody that cares about right. it, because um, like my girlfriend's a real big fan of Ewan McGregor, oh. and her less oh. handsome boyfriend rides motorcycles, but she is You're not going there. to fucking watch this. Oh yeah. Zero percent chance of her watching this. So the people paying attention are going to people that know, are going to be people that know better. So if Harley wants to spin this the right way, they'll say, "Listen, we had two of each bike. One was charging while the other one was being ridden. Yeah, our technology is not there no yet, mm-hmm. but we wanted sense. to push the limits of our te- of the technology yeah. we have right. now so it can get better. And right. if they're like that, I'm totally behind it. I right. think it's cool. And that does make perfect it's, sense. Right. But if they don't do it that way and they try to make it Hollywood, that like. Uh, we had to stop every night to recharge. Get the That's fuck bullshit, out of here! Yeah. Yeah. You're not you're not making this trip in no. 61 days. And it is true that you, right. you just shouldn't even. That's pretend. the long, long way up. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you, you long, really long halfway up because it's, it's only stopping in fucking L.A. That's bullshit. That's true. Man. That pissed me off. Stopping in L.A. Me, That's bullshit. I mean, okay. We are literally discounting the fact that South America is like six thousand miles long. Yeah. So it's twice. Yeah, I was just It's like, two times you. across America. Dude, the easiest. Third of the way up is this the, the one they're skipping, and I get it. I mean, it does make sense what you're saying right. about the publicity shit, but <clears throat> they did it the two other times. All oh the yeah, way. oh absolutely, yeah. So Harley right. Canada has done several cool documentaries about riding coast to coast in Canada. Mm-hmm. It seems like every year there's a new one, okay. and those are really tremendously fun to watch. And I feel like those are probably a lot more entertaining to watch than this will be. I would <laughs> give them more props if they pull that shit about the temperature stuff right. up front. Yeah. Yeah. Hit LA, go to fucking New York. Well, yeah, that's true. Distance-wise, pull that shit up. All yeah. props. Yeah, that's true. Or if they but they're not like doing it though. Volume two or something. I don't know, but it seems kind of ah, anti. In their defense, it seems kind of anticlimactic to do a cross-country U.S. trip after mm-hmm. you've gone through the entirety of South America. South America, yeah. like it's but like because everybody has Seattle. seen. I mean, we all know Canada doesn't count anyway. Yeah. I have a more speaking of things I've written and impressive trips, I have a more impressive trip to tell you about than this trip. Please do. Uh, a woman described that she did this ride herself with no support group, no help, described it with no further drama than she would the what she ate for breakfast. Really? She rode from Drumheller to um, Prince Albert and then to Prince Albert Park, and then back in five days. So about 2,500 miles, and okay. she did it on a Harley-Davidson. Right. But the Harley-Davidson she did it on yeah. was an Iron 883. Okay, all right. I which mean, means but... that she has bigger balls than me, <laughs> and probably at least one other person at this table. But I think that doing it on a... I, I honestly believe that doing it on an Iron 883 is probably a good idea, because it is a bone-simple, under-stressed... Well, not on an A83, though, because they're geared shorter. Yeah. So at fifth gear, it's like screaming. Well, but how fast is she going to be going? I, it was mostly yeah. interstate riding. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I would think that an 883 wouldn't be a bad bike to choose only because if you're going to keep your speed at max at 70 miles an hour, the good news about the 883 is because of the longevity of that motor... You can get parts for it pretty much everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a real simple motor to guy. Like to a get like a twelve hundred would would have made a lot more yeah, sense to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, the twelve hundred would be a lot easier to ride long distance for sure. The year I got my Sportster and I rode it up here from Akron to do that uh, ride, mm-hmm. where we went watch that documentary at yeah. that super hip restaurant, <laughs> um, and then went drinking. Uh, I felt very very inappropriate having a like sixteen year old Sportster. Well, at the time, I mean, but. 
on the way up. I took it, my minivan to that event. So <laughs> it, it felt. It really felt like the long way up because. Which is sustained, pretty funny, yeah. Sustained 70 mile an hour riding on that bike right. is being oh, yeah. punched in the prostate hundreds of times uh, yeah. a, a minute. It, it is. It is, not, <laughs> it is not a smooth... And I can't smooth. imagine anybody yeah. that's into that particular type of, of Harley Davidson prostate massage. Oh, yeah. It You'd fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is real, man. You never know. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's big money to change out the sprocket or the, uh, the front pulley and the belt. Comparatively, I mean, it's like a few hundred dollars. I was going to say, that's it's more not what I call it's big more money, expensive yeah. than like a sprocket and chain change. Right. But uh oh, who do we have here? Oh, oh, oh it's Steve Hoffert. Oh, shows up in a goddamn thunderstorm on a monkey bike, no helmet, and no shorts. pants, Fuck wearing it. blaze yellow. September. I gotta awesome. say, wet, yeah, a little wet. <laughs> that's what here, you take said. my chair. What we like to call mildly <laughs> moist. There are other chairs. We have more chairs. Get more chairs. Yeah, he deserves a yeah. I mean, we have liquor. We got delicious libations. Mountain Dew, if you want it. <laughs> we have cheesy poofs. We got all that good shit. Yeah, what do we got there? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, yeah. Kelsey Dowell, Ushaya, Argentina, Produ Bay, Alaska. Honest Harley. Badass. That's what I call punk rock. I, I met riding. this guy here in Cleveland at the DGR two years ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. Chris knows him. He was hanging out with Chris all day. Oh, get the fuck out of here! And that guy rode from. Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, on a Harley Davidson. The other way, they started out so, South America. Oh, they did. Yeah, well, Bay, yeah, exactly. So that's, so that's T yeah, Tierra del Fuego. Do, do they mention? One dude. Do they mention like at all in the? I'm sure. Just he just did it as a dude. In the yeah. article, just, what just modifications they did on the bike. Um, he didn't I have don't, don't um Because I think in their defense, they're mostly like a uh, car website. Yeah. So, so I, didn't I think go in depth on any no, I think they probably figured that the bags were self-evident. Sorry for my lateness, dude. That is fine. And that is absolutely. They have to change like, suspension and tires, and the, and the, and the suspension's yeah. different. Oh, it's really bad out there right now. Like the weather outside oh, is properly. They're pushing this frightful. now. Harley's got the <laughs> yeah. America, the Pan America coming out next year, and how perfect would that have been to do the Pan I fucking agree. America? The Pan America, actually, Pan America. America. That's perfect. Right. But yeah, no, so we got to do it now, now, now with the. Yeah, I think they're they're feeling that zero is getting out of their grasp. Because that that fucking bike is not out, so they have to get something electrical out there and proven. This is the perfect thing to just throw money at these guys. I suppose it would have been like I said, it would have been more perfect next year with the Pan America. Yeah, I mean the Pan America might be in better condition this year to make the trip. Yeah, like the, a pre-production yeah. Pan America. Yeah. Uh, and how yeah. better to show like, oh, the last the two times they did this, they did this on the BMW touring bike that we're sw that we're taking swings at. Yeah. And we did it on a we did it on a Harley Davidson. It doesn't matter that the terrain's easier. It doesn't no, matter no, anything. No, it's, it's just it's oh yeah, we got them to switch from BMW touring bikes to Harley touring bikes. That's the biggest fuck you to BMW possible. And it is called the Pan America. That's it what I'm saying. Anyway. It's, it's such a it's such a General Motors like yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s General Motors rush yeah. move. It is that yeah. I'm almost like Harley Davidson doesn't rush anything, so I'm really surprised that they're. Yeah. It's that's a real big thing to, and you're right. The Panamera, the Panamerica, would be the obvious choice. So that's that's a really yeah, that's really a big hot deal. looking bike. To be fair, for, I don't for know a Harley Davidson. Really, that's a hot looking bike for a Harley Davidson. I love. And by the way, I love the way that you just actually just brought in the perfect amount of controversy to our podcast by saying the Harley Davidson Panamerica is a 
hot looking bike. I think it's as good looking as the Moto Guzzi Adventure it bike. It looks like a Cylon fucked a toaster <laughs> while looking at an old, like, beat up washing machine on the side of the street. <laughs> I think that bike is fucking hideouse. I mean, like. I don't think it's any. I think it's better looking than a Africa Twin, which I know is fighting words. <laughs> To the guy uh, who really... the guy has one. Yeah. Right, exactly. But I know the Africa Twin's not made to be pretty. Yeah, but see, I know you jack off to SpongeBob. So <laughs> 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 this girl's hot, dude. Yeah. Wow. So I, <laughs> sorry, Cam. So, so I don't oh, remember from, from the other two tours you that they did. You bring a 22, I bring an atomic weapon. <laughs> <laughs> did they get the BMWs for free? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, the thing is, well, it's disingenuous no, it, it, anyway it because it's reality TV. Right. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> Which, that's by the way, those two words, every time they get next to each other, I, I hear thunder. No, <laughs> but that's that's where I'm going at. So It's like Dodge Ram, right? <laughs> they, did, they did break the frame, and they showed that. Mm -hmm. That goes against they getting yeah. two free bikes out of BMW. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Do you think Harley KTM will pull that didn't want to risk no. No. They're not going to risk letting anything happen to that bike. You're exactly no, but that's right. the thing. Absolutely. BM, right. with, with BMW, they did show that. Yeah. Yeah. They that's showed all that. Oh, oh, I should You're saying that Harley would not and... show that happening. No, the failure, hell no. The they failure wouldn't. will not be no. shown. No, you're right. I, you're right. I don't think Harley would risk. No, not at all. Well, well they have twice as many support vehicles. Well, and that's and that's where we have a lot of support. It, vehicles. it does. It doesn't. I don't think it, it's it's apples to apples because if they're gonna do two bikes, at right. least two bikes that's that true. we can think of, the trip will be cut in half of the length of Dude, the trip. We have glasses. Yeah, per that's, bike. That's, that's true. So right? it's not. Sorry, the, it's not the full length, huh? Yeah, you're right. That's that's exactly. I don't know. Right. I, I I smell shenanigans on that's this really shit. It's not, huh? No, you're right, and that's and yeah, I, know. I do feel like <laughs> I do feel like this thing is going to be massaged. Oh fuck yeah! To an to a level like, which if you're trying to reach the millennial market, if that's what this is, sure, yeah, making it faker is not going to do the trick. I don't think. No, I actually think that. You have oh, to yeah. spend your money on making it look more viral, like making it look more like shot Authentic, with an iPhone. You know, like it's the more you can shoot it with an Instagram filter, <laughs> you know, if you can shit the whole thing in a Maro, you're gonna be like, oh wow, this is real. Yeah. You know, make sure it's a Snapchat filter so all the people have ears and a big tongue hanging out of their mouth, <laughs> and then then it, then everyone will love it because it will clearly be real. Um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing. So. I don't know, like, as a guy who rides motorcycles and has recently come to the decision that I don't really like riding long distances. I like doing cool shit on motorcycles, except for the boring bits in between. So, like, more of my riding lately has been, like, how much fun can I have on the periphery of the trip right. as opposed to the boring flat bit in the middle? Right. Like if somebody says, we're going to go ride Route 66, I'm like, enjoy that. I'll see you in California. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll buy my ticket in 11 days. I'll meet you in insert name of sexy, beautiful place to ride motorcycles here. And I'll be on the bike I rented. That, And I'll be fresh. And I'll be the guy who's been like, well, now that you're all fatigued, let's go have some fun. You know, 
Uh, I'd like to point out the old television show, Route 66. Yes. In four seasons. I think they only actually had one episode that actually took place on Route 66. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> I had to well, look it up for something, and I thought that was complete right. bullshit. No, that's and I, 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 I checked like, everywhere I could, yeah. and I'm like, that's too hilarious to be true, but that really does show you how not photogenic and fucking boring Route 66 <laughs> is. No, and, and Route 66 as a whole, when I was traveling around uh, Italy... And Germany, and when we were in Isla Man, yeah. we ran into all these people. It all said the same thing. Their dream trip is to go to oh, Route 66. Man. Yeah, really. you know what you need to tell them. You know how James Dean actually died? Boredom. Boredom. <laughs> That's true. Fair Bored to death. And and I, I, you know, you think about these vast open spaces that we've named, you know, Nebraska, you know, um, Iowa, Kansas, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I've driven through those so many times, and it's tough. It's it's tough to stay awake through that. It's tough even when you're on like a 36-hour forced high-speed burn from San Diego to Cleveland. It's really tough those hours. Yeah. And when I drove back from you know I drove back from uh, Vancouver, mm-hmm. Montana. I had no fucking idea how big Montana was. Whew. Holy shit, that's a big fucker. Like, that's big. Like, that's proper, like... That's, like, Soviet bloc big. That's, like, the 80s big. That's shit that just never stops. You just never stop driving in Montana. You're like, how the fuck did I do three tanks of gas? And I'm still in Montana. It's like Pac-Man. You just keep coming out the other side. It is. That's the biggest thing. How the fuck is it that I can still be in this goddamn place, this fucking state? After I've been driving for what, in my normal world, would be at least four states. What isn't the speed limit out there like eighty five? They did have a while. They had no speed limit yeah. whatsoever. Even they ever. know they're like, look, we. And know. they did. Just, I think they did. And there's out. no people here, so what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And if the cop, the cop does pull you over, he's like, "Do you know how fast you're going?" The only answer you can give them is not fast enough, <laughs> because clearly you caught me. So it is. That is a very challenging thing. I I don't for the life of me imagine that riding a motorcycle through Montana would be any better. How could it be? I've got a good comfy chair. I've got music, air conditioning. I'm sitting in an upright and locked position. I'm having a good time driving my car. The only thing that would make it better is if I was in a plane. Being on a motorcycle wouldn't enhance the experience. It would make it far worse. Um, I just can't imagine it would ever be a good thing. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing. Like, riding cross-country for me has kind of lost its luster. I don't mm. I don't I don't look I don't long for it anymore. So that's why I think trains like a combination of a train yeah. where you could put your bike on a train. Yeah. For real. Sit on it, get, you know, get some dinner, sleep, drink, just look out the window, read a book, do whatever and then get off wherever you want. Yeah. And then ride around in in the interesting bits, like you said. Right, yeah. And right. then get back on the train. Yep. I think you can do that in Canada, but you can't do that in the United States. Amtrak so. stopped that service. And yeah, Amtrak oh, really? used to have a service where you could do that. You could put your bike on the train, and then I get thought off you still could do it. Some bike. guy just told me like a month ago. Oh, that really? It's two hundred bucks. They put oh, maybe on, maybe on some states. No, yeah, no. He said that. Uh, that because I, I was talking to him about it because my daughter's out in Boulder, mm-hmm. yeah. and he said, "Oh, you could, yeah, you just there's always room in the baggage car or whatever mm-hmm. it is." And he said that for two hundred bucks, you could just roll your bike right on there uh-huh. and roll it yeah. off, when you get, and it's only two hundred dollars additional what? cost 
to carry a bike with you cool. to wherever you that's go. That's fantastic. I, mean, so I think that's a good deal. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to say that. be how I do smack dab next year. <laughs> I'm serious. I ride the Z-Rex on, onto the Amtrak, yeah. ride it to Kansas, do the trip. and then You'd be better off to do that. I mean, because... I was going to pay to have the bike shift. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, I mean, that's really way cheaper. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a totally different experience. So, uh, what we've got here is we got a guy in Dallas, Texas, who's basically going to be giving us the update here. Uh, I'm going to try to cast that up to the screen. And what it's going to tell us is there is a system. Uh, they must not exceed 57.5 inches in height. So that's uh, four feet and the bike. Eight inches, four feet, eight inches. So no Africa twins, <laughs> no freedom stars. No choppers. No ape hangers whatsoever. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no ape hangers whatsoever. Uh, please, uh, please, internet, please pick up the game. So uh, <laughs> here it is. Regular factory two wheels are welcome uh, passengers on the Amtrak car shipping service, but they must not exceed fifty-seven point five inches in height, with the windshield included in the figure. In addition, there must be at least five inches of ground clearance between the bottom of the frame and the bottom of the tires. Bikes with sidecars are not allowed. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't matter because it can only go 100 miles before it breaks down. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's pretty interesting. So uh, that's you know that's the thing. I don't know that I don't have a confirmation on this right Is now. Is live telling you this? I'm reading it on the BMW, the K1600 oh. forum, and they would fucking know because they're the K1600 forum. They're all OCD. Yeah, nerds. OCD is nerds. You go to a you go to a BMW rally. It's the K1600 guys who are up at 0500 talking about you're fueled up and ready for a 300 mile ride, right? No, dude. I'm just now drinking. <laughs> I have not started or finished drinking. Nice. I am the guys still that wear high drinking. That don't ever go by John or Johnny. They insist on going by Jonathan. No, they insist by going by Johan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but they still have to be better than this. Their bikes are guys. all named Eva. Yes. I tell you, the most unfriendly people I've seen this whole summer. Yeah. And I've ridden a few thousand miles. Yeah. The adventure guys are the biggest douches I've ever yes. seen. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. Is it just that we used to joke all the time about driving an ADV bike was sort of like the Volkswagen transporter, the Volkswagen camper van of the motorcycle world? Is huh. you just waved at everybody? No, you know, I don't wave at anybody. Oh, really? My wife, I mean, my wife even commented on that. She said, "Why are they so unfriendly?" Ha! Well, they're they're it's the fucking Harley poser mentality for people that have a four hundred one k and like slightly more like. They, could, they they have slightly more plausible deniability. See, yeah. I, I, th I like I might use my bike for its intended purpose one day. Okay, yeah, right. But it's there like when the dentist started buying Harleys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the way I look at it. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's who are these real. guys that are buying these adventure bikes that have some uh, like they have a silver spoon in their mouth or something? Like they're better than every other biker out there. What was mm -hmm. it that I said like the other week, Phil? It was like, oh, I'm 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 gonna. Yeah, I'm going to call Harley people posers, and then I'm going to get fully suited up with my big, stupid aluminum cases on the side. Wow. My fucking Fender Rhodes case, flight case, strapped to the either side, and I'm going to ride 20 miles from my suburb to the different suburb where my office is, 
and then take off my rain suit and go to work in my khakis and my stupid fucking polo, what? and then I'm going to put my rain suit back on and ride 20 miles back oh, to where the other suburb where I live. Right, they need a red flag on their bikes because now they're this wide. Yeah. yeah. Right. What's the point yeah. of having a bike that's this yeah. wide? Yeah. Well, because you that's can true. show that you uh, paid that much money for it. One yeah. of those bikes is worth more than all the vehicles I've ever owned put together. So I don't know if you guys are going to read this. Um, There's some interesting rules. Now, that thing we read from the K1600 forum, that was from 2012. So um, not, that was not what we would Only call topical. Only early three-wheeled vehicles. Yeah, how's that? So, uh, a limited, so according to Amtrak's website, amtrak.com forward slash auto, train, boarding, and vehicle requirements. Wow, insert your own hyphens to all those things. Um, <laughs> Only Harley Davidson three-wheeled vehicles will be accepted. So fuck your Goldwing trike. What's up with that, man? Mm-hmm. Can-Am motorcycles, Rewaco re- track trikes, and Polaris slingshots will not be accepted. Damn. It's like the DGR. For customized vehicles such like as stretch limousines, <laughs> please verify your vehicle can be accommodated prior to booking. Call us at one eight seven seven skip i ninety five. So they they prefer to let limousines that must be the Florida in version, yeah. Than a fucking can am. Yeah, so there's the thing, right? Uh, doesn't prohibit urals though. The, yeah, they, they give yeah. you they give you the height restriction, yeah. but tell me it's easier to get a fucking Harley Davidson tri glide on motorcycles than it is Motor- to get like a Riker yeah. on. Right, motorcycles. <laughs> well, how about it's easier to get on a fucking tri glide. Than it is to get on a Ural. Right. Right? Sidecars are not allowed. Uh, maximum height 72 inches to the top of the handlebars windshield. Width is 51 inches, which it, the tri glide exceeds that, by the way. Uh, maximum length is 102 inches from front to rear tire edges. Ground clearance is at least 5 inches. Tire maximum is 7 inches wide. What? Who the fuck is six? Holy shit! Who's yeah, six w- feet tall on a motorcycle? I want to see the guy with the seventy-two-inch handlebars. Are they fucking? Are they putting bosses bikes on them? I mean, seventy-two inches is the size of the box there or the area they're putting your motorcycle into. Is seventy-two inches? Yeah. I want to try to transport a bosses bike now with the fairing and the headlight. Oh yeah. Well, that rules out all those those ones with the extended bags. Yes, this is true. So there is a provision. There is a provision for you know for booking your motor cycle on a trip to you know whatever so um, but I don't I, I kind of am considering that if any of our podcast listeners have done this I have ridden Amtrak cross America I've ridden on the uh, Empire Builder from Cleveland to uh, Portland okay so if anybody's done this with a motorcycle recently and has any anecdotal information or tips or tricks because I will tell you that it is wonderful riding the train across America is badass it's not the fastest way to get there by a fucking long shot but it is very cool especially if you have somebody to fuck at night other than your hand Uh, and you can swing Uh, if you do want to make this trip I can tell you just book the seat like seriously don't book the sleeper don't Mm. book the cabin don't book the roomette just book the seat once you get on the train you then talk to the porter the conductor and you tell him you'd like to upgrade because the cost of upgrading from the seat to the studio which is like got its own interior shower and its own interior facilities um is very cheap i mean it is not a very expensive upgrade Whereas booking it ahead of time, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah. 
So yeah, wow. yeah. I've got four kids, and I keep looking to do that instead of flying, because then yeah. I spend less time in California when I go visit my family. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's always just too much. It's yeah. more than the flight. It's extremely yeah. expensive to try to book a studio or a room at any of the things on Amtrak that are um, fancy, nice. Uh, so just book the seat, just book the chair, and you'll do the chair from Cleveland to Chicago. And then in Chicago, once they load up in Chicago, then they're going to know how many of these rooms are available. Mm. So they're going to know. And at that point, there'll be X number of rooms available, and they will sell those fuckers out cheap. And Merritt and I did that, and we had really, I mean, we got the most luxury room you could buy for about a $260 upgrade, which is pretty rad when you're talking about three nights or four nights in this thing. That's worth every fucking penny. So I do have to ask. Yeah. Who was loading the bike onto the train? I have no fucking idea. Um, <coughs> Oscar and I watched horror stories of the loading and unloading to go to Isle of Man on the steam packet ferry of these motorcycles and how religious they are about these guys that work there. You roll your bike in of, among thousands of bikes. You roll your bike onto the ferry and these, these crew guys come up with tie-down straps and they are just like... These guys are trained gorillas. They know how to do this. They have been doing this for a long fucking time. But this is not the time for you to be watching your baby very carefully, worrying about, you know, oh, I don't know, all that chrome I put on there, or that carbon fiber, that Italian chrome. Uh, You know, let let those guys do their fucking job. They're gonna tie it in, and that boat could be upside down, and those bikes aren't going anywhere. But it ain't pretty. You just fucking go away, go to the bar, and accept just the fact don't look. you paid for <laughs> yeah. it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be okay. So, yeah, that's one of those things that I, I really think that that's a, a, good, a, a good way to think about it. Is just let them do their job and tie your shit in and you'll be fine. So, like, right now, if you did want to book a, a train from Cleveland to San Diego, just for you and your dumb ass... Um, you're looking at 273 bucks, and you're looking at 60 Gosh. hours of travel time, right? Unless you do like premium, which is 925 bucks. So that's just for the human being. That is not for anything resembling a you know uh, a vehicle. You know, you get a seat. It's about 256 bucks. Yeah, so that's, that's just cheaper for you. than flights are often. Oh, oh hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you're willing to pay with your time. Well, and I like to say that you're getting. 60 hours is four days any way you slice it you're going to get three overnights at least in there and that's three nights in a hotel and you know hey dude and the view's good and the view's good Mm. what i found was on the amtrak though all the times we were going through all the shit you really wanted to see it just it just so happened it was dark yeah oh really i was pissed i was so pissed i was like oh great we're going through the oh it's dark out you can't see it that sucks. We took a sleeper bus so in India fun. one time, <laughs> and we were going over the gap. We were so excited. Oh, yeah, and right? the whole drive when the sun was up was just, it looked like L.A. Like, it's just flat and rocks sticking <laughs> up. And then you go to sleep, and all night you're rolling back and forth on, on the bed from these switchbacks, holding oh, on to your kids shit. so they don't fall out. Oh, and man. And then the morning comes up, and you're over the mountains, and you didn't see anything. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. That's a really stupid question. Yeah. Practical question. Sure. Uh, are there wi- is there Wi-Fi on these trains? Oh, God. 
Or does it pit the suspension? No, I mean, because I'm asking because it's going to take a while. Like, yeah. if I do smack dab this way next year, I'm going to have to be working yeah. on my way there and on my way back. Um, to answer your question, on the Empire Builder, which is the northern route, there are there is not Wi-Fi on the trains. Really? On the Zephyr and some of the southern oh, route ones and the New York, uh, anything that's East Coast, they have Wi-Fi mm -hmm. on the trains. And uh, I need to stop being a broke ass and just make my phone pay for the service where my phone is a Wi-Fi hotspot. Not use your phone and enjoy the ride. No, because I have to yeah. work. <laughs> like I have to be able to be on my computer writing. Well, you can. You don't need Wi-Fi do to write job. though. No, like full time. It's a real job, Dad. It's a real job, Dad. I swear to God, it's a real job. Just like the podcast isn't happening in my mom's basement. <laughs> Look, we got listeners and everything. We had five thousand downloads last week. Take that. Because like, if you're flying, it's like if you're flying, it's like a few hours. It's like it eats up a whole day. Whatever you can right. you can take a day off. But if you're going by train, like for me, I'd be going from Cleveland to Kansas. Okay. I yeah. go for a week in I go for a week in New York. I turn my phone off. I don't listen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, but I talk I'm, to myself for like five days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm broke because I keep buying motors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to stop buying crap. <laughs> Well, clearly, well, your problem. clearly the problem there, Millennials, you need to earn more money. Yeah. You do that with what we call a job. <laughs> when I was your age, I already owned a home. And, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. and I that. only made $200 yeah. a week. How old are you? Which is equivalent 30. to 100000 oh, I had mine paid off by the time I was Me too. 30. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is why everyone under forty is actually secretly planning a boomer holocaust that you guys don't know about. Wow. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it in the open on the internet because we know you guys don't know how to do <laughs> it. Just Facebook and they won't yeah. know. They're doing, on, they're doing it all on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> the best meme I saw. No, I think I think the Zoomers. Generation Z is planning on killing us on TikTok, so I have no fucking clue how TikTok uh, yeah. works. <laughs> Ten seconds at a time. Yeah, but we have all the bullets. You guys don't know which bathroom to use. <laughs> That's half of, the, half of their life is just figuring out where to piss. We're willing to piss anywhere. It's you guys who have the problem. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in Kansas. What part of Kansas is woke enough that I can go into the bathroom with a picture of a woman wearing a person wearing a triangle? <laughs> yeah. It's a person wearing a triangle. I don't know what they identify it's as. It's a superhero. Oh, a person carrying a Maybe they have a cape. I don't know. Right? <laughs> is Kansas woke enough that I can just walk into anything that smells like pee? My or do I have to no. go to? What's that? My bet would be no. No. Primarily because I would assume most of Kansas smells like pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all smells like corn. I'll give you that. Friend, corn so and manure. I had a I had a friend of mine getting a dis getting a heated discussion on Facebook with somebody. Uh, about a certain restaurant that's only open six days a week where he had said something to the effect of, I really care about you and your struggle, but not as much as I care about waffle fries. <laughs> wow. So wait a second. We're talking about Chick-fil-A, right? Yes. Okay, so Chick-fil-A is closed on the day of the Lord? Yes. Yeah, okay. All right. yeah. As is every motorcycle dealership and Hobby Lobby. So basically everything I like to do, which is eating chicken, building model cars, and fucking around with motorcycles. I can tell you what, we're closed on Sunday do. and Monday. I mean, studies have shown that dealerships that's that are open on ways. Sunday, yeah. do car dealerships, money. motorcycle dealerships, do business. Like that people, that, that the average y'all don't work on Sundays, no matter who your fucking boss is. Very few people who are outside of the service industry work on Sundays. And you'd think that motorcycle shops, like myself, would be super duper into the idea of being open when you guys aren't working so you could come into my shop and do nothing but 
waste my fucking time <laughs> talking about your fucking Amen. shit. So my best sales day is actually Tuesday. Because you guys have all that bottled up fucking juice. Like, you know, your glands are full. You got, you, got, right. you got blue balls. Yeah, and so you show up at my shop, and it's Tuesday. It's like when I open the door, oh, 1100? No. I open the door when I get more than four or five zombies standing outside going, must talk about motorcycles. Um, and then people come in and buy bikes on Tuesday. Go figure. We're closed on Sunday and Monday. And originally, I used to think that if I was open on Sunday, I would sell more bikes. And what I learned after being open for several Sundays is that what happens is if you satisfy, if you satisfy, if you drain the bullshitting about motorcycles gland, it never gets up to the level of making a purchase. Okay. So if you perpetually drain that gland and keep it in a healthy zone. They don't make a purchase. Is this the whole like, uh, like buying a cow when you can drink up. the milk from well, anything? It is. It is. Yeah, and it's the weirdest thing. But I was open for many, 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 many Sundays, and people would come in and they would exercise their, I like to call, their customer experience, mm -hmm. their boyfriend experience, and they would come in and they would just be like, "So, pretend like I was a paying customer." <laughs> They wouldn't say those words. They would say other words like, so I'm just looking. And then then there's like a series of baits and hooks and whatever. You've been in Costco on Sunday, right? Exactly. It's like the yeah. dredges of the earth right. come out from under yeah. every rock in the parking lot. They'll do a half a million dollars in tickets, but you know. You yeah. got a really good point because there are times when I want to go places on Sunday that right. I know are open and I'm yeah. like, ah, I don't want to be yeah, with those people. Yeah, there, so you, you want to be one of those people. Right. You don't want to be one of those people. You, you just go to the go grocery to a bar store on Tuesday when nobody's going to be there. You don't go on the grocery store on Wednesday before Thanksgiving, you know? You know, you try to minimize the odds of douchebaggery and Speaking assholeness. Speaking of which, you know? did you sell a Kimco Spade in silver this week? Yes, I did. Uh, it was following me. He's to an extremely vertically challenged gentleman who had no option in the world of motorcycles aside from a Kimco Spade. Yeah, he looked the way on that bike that Prince looked on the CB400 automatic, <laughs> no, in which is to say yes. perfectly proportioned. He does. He is literally, he is the man that a Spade was made for. Well, that's good for him. And, yeah. and he's fucking super happy. Yeah. He's thrilled. He look, he And he's rocking that Spade like nobody's business. Yeah. Yeah, and for was... people who don't know what a Kimco Spade is, it's a Bonneville 150. <laughs> I was going to say I was yeah. going to say it's an adult, an adult sized monkey. No, it's a Bonneville 150. If Bonneville made a 150, it's what a Bonneville 150 would look like. It looks like a Bonneville put in the Shrinkomatic 2000. It's just <laughs> it's copy Bonneville at 70% scale. And if you go back 50 episodes. Yeah. That was my favorite bike of the shootout. You did like that the shootout. That was your yeah, absolute you, you guys did a shootout of the small bikes? Oh, we did 50 yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And we, we did a shootout that was... <laughs> that was the best shootout. It ever. was truly yeah. an epic shootout. It was a fun shootout because everything we rode... Was sub-10 horsepower, probably. ...showed that you were secure in your manhood. There was nothing that we rode that was going to intimidate anybody, but we had a great time. But I yeah. did get to pan the KTM. Yeah, too. the KTM. Was, I was so happy at just ripping on that pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> and overheated. Yep, and that KTM, that's the most Cleveland moto phrase ever uttered. Yeah, just so happy true. beating on that pile of that shit. KTM, <laughs> it. That KTM, that KTM did that in fact in fail so. to <laughs> survive our podcast. Yeah. Like that KTM was brand new. 
That was a brand new, like 800 mile brand new wow. KTM 390. And we took it out and by the fourth Cleveland Moto Podcaster, right. it had puked its valves. <laughs> like it had truly given up the fucking can. And it was just... No pun intended. Yeah. No, no it was so... <laughs> that thing was so overheating. Like, thermal dynamics were not part of the design of yeah. that vehicle. Because yeah. I remember on the podcast you talked about overheating, but it was it, like, actually dead? It was like that John McElfresh could not make it back to here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it was bad. So he embarked upon the ride, yeah, and it wasn't like we had taken the bikes and ran it at ten-tenths. And then said, okay, while the pipe's cherry red, I'm handing it to you. No, we pulled well, the pipe. I rode in. it, and I baby every right. thing I ride, right. and babying it, right. it overheated. Yeah. I mean, because I was like the fifth one in the, right. I mean, I was yeah. the fifth one in line. Right. But still, even babying it after it was, I'm sure it was caned pretty well. Well, yeah. But regardless, By you guys, I'm sure you guys came. Okay, an 800 mile bike that's had its first service, had fresh oil put in, inside of it, has gone through you know the rigors of 800 miles of being on planet Earth, should be able to handle what any of us would consider to be normal at the AIM Expo or Mid Ohio when somebody brings out a demo unit. You know, these I mean, people were taking it out for maybe 20 minutes at a whack. Yeah, and we were going you know? through the metro. It's not, we, were going on, we weren't going on the freeway. No, we weren't on hill climbs. Yeah, we are beating right. the hell out of it. Well, you Speed might. Limit I mean, for a KTM, it should have been handled, being able to yeah, handle that. Speed limit's 30 miles per hour. Right. right. It's not like the Barnumville Salt Flats is right. outside our shop. No. Squared? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's representative of KTM street bikes as no, a brand? No, I don't. Not at all. No. What I think it's representative of is, hey... <clears throat> Austria is really expensive. Let's see if India is any cheaper. That's what I well, think. Which is like it the is. BMW, or which is the, yeah. oh, the G three ten or whatever, right. or the yeah. Harley Street, exactly seven fifty. So I, I live near a very big Harley dealership, and I pay attention to that kind of thing. Do you want to know how many Harley streets I've seen out riding in like my three. neighborhood since they came out? Yeah. However many years ago, three or four years ago. Yeah. I've seen four. Right. I've seen approximately one I've seen per three, year. I know because yeah. I we have a customer here at the shop that has one. And he's got, I'm going to say, 3,200 miles on it. The Harley dealer who sold it to him has lightly refused to service it. And the bike is three years old. Wow. With 3,200 so, that's a brand new motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. He's taken it back to Harley to get its first service. You know, the first service, what we like to call the warranty service? He took it into Harley-Davidson, and they said, oh, yeah, sure. What do you need? I need a first service. Great. Let's, let's get it in here. Just Bring it in. Um, would you like to enjoy our fine selection of coffee and espresso and uh, leather bondage gear? Forty dollars t-shirts. Right? And uh, yeah, and then they're like, "What kind of bike is it?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a Street 750." And they said, "Oh shit, hold on." They had that door. Let in the me bay. talk. Hey, go through this door. It was the exit. And it was that. Yeah, it was like, "I'm sorry, you need to go see the egress. The egress will service your bike." And he was told that if he dropped the bike off, he could pick his bike back up in five days. Five days. Five days. For if he dropped it off. For, for his for first change. service, his warranty service. Because that's how you get people, you know, you get people in the door, you sell right. them a street, and that's yeah. how you get them to move up right. to a soft tail. Right. No, sure. Would that make you move up or would that no. make you move on? That's what he's saying. He's no, being no. He's saying it. He's I being some seafish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd make me go, for the amount of money I paid for this, I can get like a really cool Italian bike and my hipster friends won't make fun of me anymore. Right. True that. 
Right. Mm -hmm. They're very excited. Or, and about a bike with an Italian name on it. What's that? They're very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why? Well, the same <laughs> well because so. anything from overseas costs right. twice as much as it does. Exactly. It's 100% luxury tax. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if it's made in India, you get it for a lot cheaper. There was one. Yeah. One Harley in Hyderabad that I saw. One. One. Was it? I'm so when these like a real one. There was one. Real it wasn't a. It wasn't a street. The street. When I left, the streets were just like coming out. They, you know, six months or something. The last six months. I was you guys are literally. You hmm. should know better. What's than that? having a side conversation in a podcast. I'm sorry. That thing only has one ear. Come on, guys. Seriously. Sorry. Come on. Sorry, Phil. Do we have to get out the conk? <laughs> Don't make me bust out my conk. Not angry. I'm just he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. I never want to see you, conk. <laughs> <laughs> please, I don't see. Only twice. Yeah. Not the third time, please. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't want to rehash the shitting on Triumph conversation from before, especially in honor of your T-shirt. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that Triumph, there have been a couple of different Triumphs. We can all admit that Triumph right. isn't Triumph isn't Triumph. It's just like I choose to love Moto Guzzi's without liking the person who's selling them to me in this country. Like. It, it, we have a strange relationship with our motorcycles and the people who make them. None of us want to be the business end of a capitalist tool, right? We all want to be individuals who have our needs answered and who we can then feel kind of proud about what we're rocking around on. And like, I dig my shit. Like, my shit's okay. Like, I like my bike. And... For as much as we might be shitting on a, an Indian-built Harley-Davidson that is emulating a 1983 Honda 700 Shadow, 70 Shadow, right? <laughs> Which is kind of what it is, right? I mean, anybody who can read the specs, it's kind of what it is, right? I mean, I've, been, you, I've been trying to find a way to describe that bike for three years. It's still. an 83 Shadow 750. Or an 83 Shadow 500. <laughs> I mean, I think you and I together have worked on enough 83 Shadow 500s to pretty much be like, we're 86 Shadow 500. Like, that's what a street oh, well, 500 83 is. Shadow 500 was almost bulletproof. I'm true. I mean, I'm <laughs> not joking. It really was super duper bulletproof. Yeah. It probably still is. Do you know the reason why those bikes did not sell forever and ever and ever amen? Is because Honda realized they'd accidentally built an unkillable motorcycle. They built the AK-47 of motorcycles. And if you want to stay in business... You can't build the AK-47. Well, a perfect motorcycle is like a really... It's not an exciting bike to own, right? No, it's not. A, a bike that, like, everything works yeah. 100% of the time perfectly yeah. well, is not an exciting bike to own. That's what well, happened with no, cars. Look at how excited to no. maybe have one. No, not necessarily. It depends on what you're using your bike for. No, I mean, it's exciting to own, except it's not exciting to... The dealer who wants to sell you another one in four or five years. And, and it's not exciting to a corporation that needs to sell you a new one every 10 years. Otherwise, they're going to go out of business. Yeah. And we've seen that a lot. Say like Mercedes. Yeah. Like what Mercedes does is, okay, so say you buy a, I don't know, like a 380, like you bought a 300 yeah, SD sure. or yeah. whatever. It doesn't know? matter. Right. So you get a certain number of miles on right. it. You send it back to the factory. And they'll build they you it. They refurb it. They will rebuild your car for And it. I would gladly do that. I mean, yeah. they if it comes out of that factory, like it's brand 
freaking and new. Cool. It's and really cool, their... except all the new German luxury cars fall apart at like 100,000 miles because that's right. after the first person leases it and yep. after the second that's person true. gets their Yeah, but what I'm saying is, what, what, what yeah. I'm saying is like, why can't that be a model? I mean, if, right. if everybody wants yeah. this green new deal, right. all this other sustainability. stuff. Sustainability. So it costs more money right. to manufacture that car than all the energy it'll ever use in right. its entire lifetime. Yeah. So if you have a car and you send it back and say, hey, my 2002 Tundra is a little rusty, it needs right. like whatever, I want to send it back to the factory, Pretty I'll hard. put $15,000 into that. Dude, they've been doing that in Mexico for fucking 40 years, man. <laughs> yeah. They will refender your Tundra. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah with, yeah. with tinfoil. Yes, they will. <laughs> It'll be like a fucking It'll look trophy the same. truck. It's not going to last. I'm 100% on board with you. Like, yeah. I was looking up uh, what my F-150 costs. So I have an, a 91 F-150. Yeah that I bought with 48,000 miles mm -hmm. on it. So I'm the third owner of the truck, right. but I looked up, adjusted for inflation, what my truck would cost new today okay. if prices had never changed. Curious. And we're talking a single cab, yeah. long bed, right. four by four, V8, right. air right. conditioned truck. Bucks. It's and truck. Now that yeah. truck is $42,000. Right. Yeah. That truck, if you were to buy it today, yeah. if you adjusted for inflation from $1991, sure. would be $19,000 and right. change. And it's because trucks have exploded yeah. well beyond their value. Absolutely. It is retarded. Um, no offense to the, uh, the listeners of other podcasts when I say retarded. Um, they, uh, modern trucks are crazy fucking silly overpriced yeah. like a basic truck which is almost impossible to buy anymore because everything is because you're you know, buying a look you're buying yeah the I, new Tacoma is most offensive it, yeah. it, so I just bought one yeah it's offensive like 30 yeah. I, 30 thousand out the door for the cheapest absolute cheapest I'm Tacoma sorry that was the get. base ba really? it's an SR yeah. two-wheel drive yeah. four-cylinder yeah. automatic transmission and how high is that tailgate it's higher than this table isn't it it's actually the lowest tailgate you get in any truck. And that is still high. Higher than a giraffe's dick. Right. Yeah. I'm willing to bet it's really probably similar tailgate height to my 91 F-150 yep. 4x4, which yeah. is, you know, right. No, I liked it when they had Toyota truck. It was a truck. It wasn't a Tacoma. It was just a truck. It was just a tailgate, a truck. like you could, right. you could... You could literally fall into the tailgate. Right. Right. And that's you when load people 2, used to actually... 2,000 pounds into the bed. That's it. And they had hooks on the outside mm -hmm. of the bed to hook everything mm -hmm. over so you could strap everything down. I agree. And they got 35 miles to a gallon. Was that before or after you walked uphill both ways? Yeah. To school. And, and it, it ran was, on paraffin, no, it you was, fucker. And it was 54.88. That's <laughs> right. what it cost. It was wow. $5,488. My buddy bought a Mitsubishi Mighty Max. that was the first Max. brand new car I ever bought. Brand new. Mm -hmm. And it had a tailgate that was like completely like garden gnome friendly tailgate <laughs> this thing was like you could push a motorcycle into it without oh, a that, was, those, that was awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, you like, see you still see them like running around from time to time yeah. and, and that like, thing had a one like a like a ridiculous weight capacity it was called the mighty max it could hold two people two in the cabs in the <laughs> no groceries yeah. just two people <laughs> yep and then the bed was a full-size bed mm. on this little tiny japanese pickup truck that you could put an absurd amount of weight in and it did. It hauled everything, and it did it with grace and dignity, and for less than ten thousand dollars. Try to kill a twenty-two R. Oh, you can't kill it. Oh man, you no. cannot kill Again, a twenty-two R. We're back to the AK forty-seven <laughs> yeah. analogy. Yeah, right. It won't die. You put peanut butter in it. Um, there's a reason run. when I came back from the Mideast that I bought a Toyota. 
It's because I've dumped thousands of dollars of taxpayers' money into trying to stop Toyota vehicles that were driving at me. Yeah. And you can't... You know what's better than an M1A1 tank? Apparently, a Hilux. With <laughs> <laughs> a 50 cap on it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I have resorted to flipping over from coax to main gun to stop a fucking Hilux. And that's the point. Is apparently... That's what it takes to stop a Hilux. Top Gear couldn't kill a Hilux. <laughs> yeah, and Jeremy right. Clarkson can stop anything. I mean, seriously. Was it last week we were talking about um, buying new motorcycles and what's keeping people yes. from buying yeah. new motorcycles? What, what is so, stopping people from going out and spending 23 large on the newest Ducati, which has radar-assisted cruise control? Like, that's what's putting asses in seats these days is radar-assisted cruise control for your motorcycle. So back in 2010, I bought, motorcycle. I bought my yeah. first and only wow. new car yeah. for just about $17,000. Okay. It was a Mazda 2 hatchback. It was a small hatchback oh, yeah, the size yeah. of a yeah. Honda yeah. Fit. Yeah. Kawasaki green. I remember when you bought Seriously? that car. Yeah. So it's Kawasaki green. It's, it's the same shade of... Wow. So my buddy bought a yeah. Versus the same year. No, no, they're the same had them color. next to each other, and it's, it's the, be the same, same color. <laughs> yeah. The same yeah. shade of metallic That Mazda 323 and the hatch... Those two cars, that paint code they used, it's the same. is true Kawasaki lime green, man. They <laughs> nailed it. Good job for them. So I bought that car, and that was like one of very few cars that you could get under $20,000. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm the youngest of five, and my sisters range in age from 20 years older than me to 7 years older than me. And I remember when I was really young, and they would have, like, when they were in their late teens, their boyfriends and their friends would be driving over the new cars that they had bought. And it was just a smattering of, like, entry-level sports cars, um, small hatchbacks, really small pickup trucks like Mighty Maxes, yeah. Isuzu Pups, S10, stuff like that. And there was such a wide range of shit that you could get for a reasonable amount of money. And I love my Mazda 2 to death. Like, next year I'm taking that car apart and redoing everything and making it the car I've always wanted it to be. But at the same time... <laughs> yeah, no shit. But at the same time... Um, I don't know how long the rear end is yeah. here in the front. Um, you know, 20, 20 years before that, the amount of stuff I could have bought for that money, I would have just been like, I would have spent months test driving cars, weeks. Mm -hmm. And it, for me, it was just like, I test drove the Mazda 2, I liked it. I test drove the Honda Fit, I didn't like it. I bought the Mazda. Yeah, that's too And it's like, it, other, you know, 20 years prior to that, I could have been like, ooh, do I want a small pickup truck? That'd be useful. I could get something sporty. I could get something practical. And it was like, nope, you, you have your your choice. Well, but that, that there's a period of time when they started cheapening up the suspension. Like, Civics had, like, double wishbones yeah. and all this other stuff. And then they went to, like, uh, McPherson struts. That happened question. with Volkswagens, too. Have you ever gone into a motorcycle dealership and tried, ridden, more than one bike like like gone into a dealership straight up gone just like went into a dealership and said it's time it's time i'm gonna buy a new motorcycle this one i have i like it it's fine i enjoyed it i've had it for as many years as i'm gonna have it and i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna buy a fucking bike and i kind of got it narrowed down between a couple and gone into a building where they have fucking metric shit tons of motorcycles and said, see that one over there? I'm going to ride that one today. When I bring it back, I'm going to ride that one over there today. And I'm going to make a decision based on these rides. I'm going to buy it. Now, now that I've asked that question. No. You have to be honest. Because I'm going to tell you, 
I've been a motorcycle buying fucker my whole life. Like, a lot of fucking motorcycles. I bought, I bought a lot of fucking motorcycles. I've never done that. Never done it. I've never I've been at shows. What's that? I've done it at Maricade. So you've done demos, like you've done I mean, back, done to, back to back to back to back demos. Yeah, you've I've had gone an to orgy of demos to Indian, yeah. to Honda, yeah. to Kawasaki. Yeah, and I've ridden them all, and that I mean that that's why I was convinced to buy an Africa Twin. And because okay, that's a good, that's an excellent, that's fucking great. So as a result of this orgy of test rides that you did, right? You just rubbed you on all these different motorcycles. Would you think that those bikes, all those different bikes that you were riding, were all of those bikes contenders? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I wanted to ride like the Victor. Like I like the Indian, like the baggers. The, I like the, the big twins. Yeah, it's like I yeah, don't know. The I, mean, I, I, know like I know they're totally different things. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on the Indian baggers, and I like those. Because honestly, if somebody walked into my shop and said, "I'm considering an Africa Twin," or <laughs> A roadmaster like a chieftain, I would say, you're fucked up. What the fuck? Like, would <laughs> you and your invisible <laughs> yeah. friend Harvey like to leave my fucking dealership now? Because you're clearly but, without. But going handler. back to the cheap car thing, yeah. You know, like like I said, like there is a time when a lot of people my age or younger, mm -hmm. a generation before me, had to pick between: Do I want a sporty car? Do I want a car that's kind of good all around, or do I want a cheap pickup truck? And right. all of those cars were in contention. Yeah based on what I could get my credit approved on or what I liked driving the best or if it's getting they, incentives at the time. Yeah, and it's all based on I'm gonna be using that right. So for me that makes These sense. These manufacturers that you, are fighting over the same buyer. Yeah, and that right? the buyer might you know, they're all very different vehicles, but the buyer is all is just using them for more or less the same shit. For okay. seventy five percent of the same shit. It's getting them back and forth yeah. to work and the grocery store. Yeah. And like, a, like a, okay, so I mean from that with that analogy, yeah. I wanted a vision. A victory vision. Right. Jesus fucking yep. Christ. I love visions. I don't know. They're ugly as hell. Why not take the whole about... cake? You don't need a bite. You just get the whole cake. I mean, yeah. come on. It's so that's vision. what I wanted to ride. Yeah. Well, I didn't get to ride a vision. I got to ride, like, you know, that step below. It doesn't have the adjustable windshield. It's like called the... Cross country? Cross country. Yeah. So right. I rode that. Yeah. And then they're like, why don't you ride this electric one? Why don't you ride... <laughs> they put you on a Bramble? Yeah. Oh my God! An impulse. I'm sorry. It's an a victory impulse. impulse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know what? Isn't it funny? I was there to buy a vision. They put me on a Brambo. I came right back here and I bought a zero. You did. It is true. I mean that that happened fast. Like you did because zero you don't really time. know what you like yeah, until that's you because yeah. if you don't have the experience on it, how do yeah. you know what you like? That's true. So you wasted who, no you time. You can ride ten different bikes and yeah. you might start out for a vision and you yeah. might end up on a, a monkey. No, that's that's absolutely true. And it happens in here a lot where people will come in pretty well certain that they're going to have, they're, they know what they're going to buy. And they will just get distracted. They'll, they'll be like, what, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's what that is. You know, that's a multistrata or something. And they maybe didn't even fucking know that shit existed. Mm -hmm. And it is really funny when you see somebody make that turn. When you see someone actually spin where they came in and they were pretty much target focused on a thing that they thought they wanted and they make that spin it's kind of funny i mean to see somebody get changed that way um i had a guy one time we had a we had a versus 1000 in the shop which 
I bought that bike really just for me to fuck around the with. The black one? The black one, the Darth Vader bike. Yeah. Look, for anybody who's ever ridden a Kawasaki Versus, the nicest way I can put it is it's a concourse on stilts. It's an inline four-cylinder that's been jacked up in the air like an extra four inches. But then it has all the angular, I wish I was a transforming robot bodywork put on it to hide the fact that it's actually an inline four-cylinder 30-year-old design, right? And it's tall. It's got a fucking high center of gravity. And it does bolt on the luggage pretty nice, but so does anything, really. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a good-looking bike. It's a great-looking bike, but you really... The term versus implies something. I think at this point in the game, when somebody says versus to you, you're like, versus, yeah, like, playful, does a lot of different things. Like, it's a happy bike that can do some different shit, and it's better than a KLR 650. That's like a, uh, a Versus 300 that drank way too many beers. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> 20 years old. It is literally. Like it is year a, old, 20 year old. It is a, a truly <laughs> Americanized Versus. Yeah. It's big, it's heavy, and it loves to tell you about how lithe and, and healthy it used to be. <laughs> yeah. And Are you saying it's like... That Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days. It really is. Yeah. That's totally true. It, it is. And we had this bike in here, and I like, I really was convinced that nobody was going to walk into the shop that was the level of rider. And that's why we don't take certain bikes in on trade. When somebody comes into my shop and says they have a brand new, like a one-year-old KTM Adventure or something, and they want to trade it in because it's not the right bike for them. They've made a mistake. The reason I don't take it in is a one-year-old KTM Adventure or one-year-old you know, GSA or something, there's a certain fucking audience for that. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot of fucking money. And, and vinegar and water. It's one guy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's one guy that buys that bike. And so I had made the mistake of buying this Versus 1000 because I was interested in it personally. And a lot of times my shop is my toy box. And I'll go out and, and ride it for a while. And when I'm done with it, I'll pass it on. Yeah. And that just becomes inventory when I'm done having an experience. This dude comes in and had never ridden a motorcycle before in his life. In his life, his the bike that he was riding on the reg was a Bergman 400. And this guy was 100% pure Kansas baby Huey motherfucker. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Just, is he local? Yeah. Like down by me, local? No. Okay. No, but like. But this There's dude no is Kansas people by you. This buddy. dude is a nerd. <laughs> like his his vanity license plate was ID ten T, you know? And like But he was giant. Like he could pick up an average sized you and just like fist fuck it. Like just like I don't like you. But meanwhile, he's <laughs> just a nerd. He's just a nerd. He's a giant, giant nerd. He's one of those guys that you see at Comic-Con and you're like, fuck, man, don't kill me, right? Just, like, he's one of those dudes. And he, when he came in on his Bergman 400, he's never ridden a motorcycle at shifts ever in his life. And I put him on the Versi 650 because he's never ridden a motorcycle at shifts in his life. Which would be a good choice. It would be. And I put him on a CTX. And I put him on a CX. And I put him on all these bikes that would be good for people that have never shifted before, being considerate of the fact that his body is about 320 pounds at six foot two, right? 
And after he rides all these bikes, he looks over at what I like to call the Death Star. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is painted Star. in the great shade, shade of Empire Black. And is like, I'd like to ride that. I went, okay. You've ridden everything else, so I guess I shouldn't draw the line at that. I want you to go out and hit the pace car. Yes, hit the pace car as hard as you can. That's exactly right. And I do believe that it's okay sometimes to let somebody crash their way into a sale. <laughs> it's a sales technique that not everyone talks about. It's the 12th step of the sales process. It counts. And it does count. And it's on the waiver sheet. It so. is on the waiver sheet. You did promise that if you crashed it, you'd fucking buy it. So he went out on that thing, and he went and he disappeared for about a 25-minute test ride, of which I had completely resigned myself to the fact that I was never going to see that bike again, that it wasn't on the back of a fucking fork, you know, hook. And he came back, and he's like, this is it. This is the bike. How is a guy that was riding a 31-horsepower scooter with an automatic transmission going to justify... He's now riding a 126 horsepower. What do you call that fucking bike? What is a Versys 1000? It's a Versys. It's a hybrid. It's not a touring bike. It's not an adventure bike. It's not a sport tour. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's basically built for him, apparently. And off he fucks with, you know, he left me a giant pile of money. He left me his Bergman. And he fucked off with that bike, and I've never seen him back here again, and I've never handled the insurance claim, which means probably mission accomplished. The man's having a good time. Mm. And he came in, and I made the mistake of trying to help him. <clears throat> and what I should have done is just let him have his way with my toy box. Yeah, but would he have gravitated towards that if he had not had any experience on any other bike? I almost wonder if he was so resistant point. to sales that my trying to help him into bikes that I felt were more logical and intuitive to him for an entry-level rider may have worked the other way. And right. he was actually just battling me. Because I do run into customers that way all the time. Who are why just are you like, trying to sell me this? Why are you trying to sell me that thing that fits perfectly and works the way it should? The, yeah, I mean, the other, right. the other option, too, is that he... You know, had he discovered the bike, quote unquote, organically, yes, he would have been intimidated by it. Oh, but after, excellent point. But after ride, because I mean, yeah. I've had experiences like yeah. that. Like when I went to my first Ducati demo day, like the yeah. year I started riding, oh, yeah. and I got, um, yeah, when you a scrambler when, enduro sideways. Yes, when you went and did that, and you told me you were like, was like, they let you ride a brand new, like they were yeah. still rare as shit then. Yeah, like those bikes were fucking rare. I was like, I was mortified. Because, like, I'm not the type of person that beats... Like, when someone hands me the keys to something, I'm right. not the type of person who beats on no, something. No, you're careful. But yeah. um, I got the bike sideways, and I really, really liked it. But then, but then after that, they're like... I kissed the girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's like, it's like what, um, what Liza said later that year, where I rode something, you know, that, that was kind of middling, and I said I really liked it. And she's like, well, you're new. You like everything. You like everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> and she was in, she was entirely right about that. She's but right, after yeah. that, they were like they they were like oh yeah. you know I went there to ride the scrambler and yep. I was re I was done. But my buddy Wait, was still there. He was still was that before the evil Knievel suit or yeah after? that was before that was before <laughs> that was before the evil Knievel suit yeah. that was like had less than a thousand miles. No, he seriously was fresh. I was I couldn't believe they let him ride the unicorn that was. People were waiting in line over six weeks to get their scramblers. 
Scrambler was brand new. And he showed up at the demo, and he was just like walked in and rode the bike. Because that's the bike I wanted to ride. Yeah. So I mission accomplished, yeah. but my buddy was still there. But because I had ridden the Scrambler and gotten it sideways and was fine and was actually kind of fun, and it felt like the bike did everything I asked it to. Because yeah. I didn't understand yet that motorcycles only do exactly what you ask them to do. <laughs> Not which always. is an important lesson. <laughs> Not always. Good yeah. motorcycles do what you ask them to do. So... If they have good tires. Yeah. There's a church outside of the that says otherwise. (laughs) So then they were, you know, I I was waiting around. I didn't want to, like, leave my friend hanging. I was having fun hanging out with him. And he's like, well, we can go out again. What do you want to sign up to ride? And they ended up putting me on a monster, which, Hmm. again, I've got less than 500 miles under my belt. I'm not going to ride a five-figure bike with a name Monster. (laughs) (laughs) It's built in a town I can't pronounce. It's called a monster. With a payment I can't afford, most importantly. But I rode the monster and I right. kind of dug it. I didn't yeah. dig it as much as the Enduro, but I would have never gotten on that bike yeah. had I not ridden the Enduro first. So yeah. honestly, Phil, I think you did 110% the right thing. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those strange experiences. I have never done that. So I have always known ahead of the time Sorry. due to excessive research and excessive like nerd bullshit. Like I've always been, I'm going to have that bike someday. I'm going to have that like, oh, you know, Excalibur, one day you shall be mine. And then I will have it, and then I'll be like, well, that was a fucking mistake. And I've done that. I mean, I've, I've got a list of bikes that I've been that way about. And I hate when that happens, because usually it involves a lot of money. Yes, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, or you can wait it out. Like, I waited out that Ducati um, class, Sport Classic. I waited out a Ducati, Ducati Sport Classic until it showed up at my shop as a trade, and then I got my Ducati Sport Classic, you know? And I had it, and it was the bike I'd had a lust for for seven or eight years. And then we took it in on trade, and I went out and rode it on Dingus Day. And in mm, 82 miles, fell in hate with the motorcycle and realized that it was a disaster of a motorcycle. Like, despite its beautiful looks, it was a, a fucking collection of awful. Yeah. So in Amic time, in Star, the original Star Trek series. Okay. That's the episode. Well, <laughs> Spock says... We're going way back in time. <laughs> no, but it's very relevant. Spock yeah. says to his wife's, like, boyfriend... Okay. <laughs> wanting is often better than having. Wanting is better. Yeah. Don't meet your fucking heroes. Yep. Um, I started out the year on the shopping thing you were mentioning. I started out the year thinking I was over wanting a Z125 and the Z-Rex was a bike I was going to buy someday and the two bikes I was seriously considering were a brand new Z400 and a brand new R3 because Yamaha was doing, I'm not a sport bike guy, but... You didn't ride the R3 here? No. Yamaha was doing really amazing deals on R3s. Yeah, because they wanted to get rid of them. Yeah, because they wanted to get rid of them. (laughs) Dr. Waters has identified that the R3 is her new favorite bike. Oh, really? really? Yeah, she loves the R3. She fucking, and I mean, she's coming off the SV650S. Wow. But she's taken, you know, she's been she's been riding a lot less lately. And weirdly, every time we've gone out riding, she seems to be like, chuck me the keys to the R3. Mm-hmm. And she's, we went out playing the other day, and I was like, I was fucking seriously into my minerals. I mean, I was doing shit on a motorcycle you're not supposed to do when your wife's with you. And, I mean, I wasn't... I was having fun. And she was right with me. She was in my pocket. 
That's the, that's the bike. That's her bike. And that's what she likes. She really loved it. <laughs> and she was riding that thing more telepathically than I've seen her ride anything in a while. Now, if we're not careful, some people might think it's a kick in the ego to go from an SV650, prior to that a Hawk, GT650 Hawk, and prior to that a CBR400R, Japanese domestic market bike, you know, all these bikes have a certain pedigree, and she had a CB1 as well. So to go from all these different prestige bikes to a, a, a lowly R3, right? She loves the R3. It's funny to watch her ride mm -hmm. the R3 because she will let it hang out. Like, she will ride the R3 in a manner that she did not ride the V7, in a manner she did not ride the T100, you know? So those, the T100 and the V7, which are very sedate standards that are like a fun bike, an easy bike to ride, generally a decent time about. Well, that thing revs out. That R3 That R3, revs out. <clears throat> and I watched her riding it, and she's just, and she's right with me. And I'm on a bike that's 1,400 horse, or 1,400 cc's, and over 100 torques, and, you know, and she's on a bike that's, I don't know what an R3 is, what, 40 horsepower on its very best day? Like, yeah. according to the book, maybe 30 in real life. And she's just right there with me. She's just having a blast. So hey, why, why do people judge? Like, what's so bad about a 300? What's so bad about a 250? What's so bad about a 70? That's a great point. I mean, I love, I'll go for my Africa twin, and yeah. I prefer, today I had a conversation saying, I love my Passport. It's my favorite bike. Yeah, my 70. Right. I have a yeah. 70cc bike that I ride more than any other bike in the in my in your stable. collection. Yeah, but I love that bike. I mean, there's something about it. I mean, yeah. I can beat the hell out of it. It only does 45 miles an hour. Yep. But I love that bike, and I, I absolutely the seats ripped. You know, it's like <laughs> it's got a little rust on the fenders. You know, it's it's got 10,000 miles on it, and it's. Mm -hmm. But I love that bike. It's it's a and it doesn't very really matter what phenomenon. you wear. And you know what? It's nothing against. It's it's not an ego thing. If right. you, it's you have a problem if you think you have to ride uh, a two thousand yeah. cc bike to be a, a man. Right. I mean, what why what yeah. makes you even think that you have to ride something like that yeah. to have some manhood? Right. Yeah. I mean, um, what takes bigger balls? A fifty cc to ride around on a fifty cc bike. Or a 2,000cc bike. That I mean, was, I'm telling you, that was the end of the day when I did that poker run with all the Harley people on the Vespa. It was like, I was just like, I started out like, do I belong here? And then by the end of the day, I heard people whispering behind me, that kid and that girl did a did, did a whole hundred miles on a Vespa. Exactly, right? And you're having a blast. And I'm having a great time. You're having a blast. It's so, a fucking good day. Uh, Plus Peter, you can rail it. I yeah. Mean, you, I rail that to. thing. I mean, that's all it is. It's James May rule. Right. It's better right. to drive a slow car yeah, fast than a fast sure. car so, slow. Uh, and that's Peter, what I say. I mean, <laughs> screw it. I Peter, love that bike. Peter Tanshinomi, who founded the False Neutral podcast but isn't yeah. on there anymore, yeah. uh, had a really good point um, when we were talking about bikes, like a group of us were talking about bikes, where he said that if more people rode the bikes they actually really wanted to ride either consciously or mm -hmm. subconsciously yeah. sure. instead of the bikes that they think they should have because oh, they care about point. what other people think yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. he said first off about 50 percent of people would be on ninja 250s <laughs> and he said the rest would all be on completely different bikes oscar how old were you when you got your katana because oh, you had a 600 katana, I was, right i was 
Right. I mean, you yeah. were kind of the you were kind of the poster child yeah. for buying a katana. Yeah. And oh, and I was fucking going fucking <laughs> bananas on that thing. <laughs> and like, I was doing 120, 130 on that fucking yeah. thing everywhere. Everywhere he was, right? <laughs> and yeah. so like, that's what katanas are made. That's to do. what they're made to do. And never drop. I mean, I never had any issues with it. Yeah. It was just like, and I no like, complaints, man. When you have that thought about imagining yourself back when you know, you know. He's younger than I am, so he's like, <laughs> so if you can picture yourself back in the day when you're on a Katana 600, ago, yeah. right, 20 years ago, yeah. and you're just railing that fucker around yeah. all the time, being goofy, being naughty, and then flash forward to, you've been fairly excited about the moped, you've been fairly excited. <laughs> I've been riding about... almost every day, man, I'm riding that stupid fucking 50cc moped. <laughs> Mopeds are fun. But aren't they fun? They're fun. I mean, it's like the essence of riding a motorcycle is not some sluggish, like, slow-turning big bike. It's like the smaller the bike, the more fun you have. Mm -hmm. I, right now, am suffering with a lightly sprained wrist. Whatever. Um, My right foot, I keep breaking my right foot. I've broken my right I've rebroken my right foot a couple of times. So for the podcast listeners... For the past several months, I've been training for a motorcycle, uh, a police motorcycle skills competition that's coming up that I don't even want to win. I'd like to qualify so that I may participate in it in the future. And I have a police road king, uh, 2014 modern motorcycle that has been adjusted, optimized for police competition myself, and that I have been doing not just hundreds but thousands and thousands of lock to lock tight turns so I will be better prepared to qualify for this event and I'm working really really hard to enhance my skills to be a better rider in a discipline of motorcycles that I've never gone into before of all the different disciplines of motorcycles I've played around with this is something I've never done and it's something that appealed to me because I've never done it and as I found that the rest of the population was running away from five-year-old Harley Davidsons, <laughs> I thought it would be a really good time to run into the burning building that yeah. is a giant V-twin and doing a maneuverability trials with a giant V-twin. But I can assure you that much like anybody who takes up a sport, for the first year or two they do it, they're going to spend a lot of time on the fucking bench. And I feel right now like a 50-year-old hockey player. You got the shit kicked out of you? Yeah, that fucking damn near 900-pound motorcycle has schooled me in ways that I didn't think a motorcycle could school me in a very long time. And I've spent a lot of Sunday afternoons picking up that bike. And I can also tell you, after doing what I've been doing for the past several months, that a Yamaha Roadliner or a Yamaha Star uh, 1300 or 1500 or 1800 does not actually do cornering as good as the Harley-Davidson FLHP does. The FLHP does leaned over aggressive on-ramp style cornering and rapid direction changes. It actually does it better than the Yamaha does. There's something weird and I can't identify it, but a chassis that has basically been unchanged since it was a police bike in the 50s is still really good as a police bike in the teens, you know? And the soon to be not so roaring twenties. So, do they make one with a Milwaukee or a 
Milwaukee eight. Well, so I'm on a one oh three right now. No, I'm just, I'm just yeah. wondering they if, do. if they, the they, if they do. upgraded it. Yeah, to they that, do. So. They do. You can buy a brand new FLHP with a Milwaukee eight. I think they it. have water cooled heads now too. They do. And my bike has never, <laughs> not once ever, shown any symptom of overheating, despite hours and hours of practicing at relatively low RPM and low speed. Um, it has burned through a voltage regulator, much unsuspectedly at 6,000 RPM. I did torch a factory Harley Davidson voltage regulator. Um, but, you know, again, that's you know, a the thing. Chinese, Chinese voltage yeah. regulator. There's no doubt when I looked at that, when I cut apart that voltage regulator after it, it would successfully charge the bike at 11.8 or 9 <laughs> volts. Not yeah. enough to make the check engine light not come on. <laughs> It wouldn't really, I'm going to say. That I was test, the goal. The I goal tested was the not, shit out of it. The goal was not to have the, check, the light come on. If so. you said, Harley Davidson, I defy you to make the check engine light come on without actually diminishing the battery's ability to run and start. <laughs> Let's just get the asshole back into the dealership, but not leave him stranded. Mission accomplished. Because it did, it turned the check engine light on, it turned the battery light on, but at no point did it ever leave me stranded. Or at no point did I ever not be able to spring the engine to life starter. by using electric starter. It's just that it was my battery was living at 11.8. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I put three Fuck different digital <laughs> gauges on this thing to guarantee that at all the RPMs and at all the speed and at all the different things, it was still at 11.8 or 9. And if it's at 11.96 or yeah, whatever, kill the, battery. the check just... engine light will come on and the battery warning light will come on, which will then respond, you know, you'll respond by taking your motorcycle yeah, to the dealership dealer. yeah. where they can tell you any number of lies about what's happened to your motorcycle and extract money from your wallet not under warranty. And a bike with less than 6,000 miles on it. That's when they give you a little Vaseline. Maybe shouldn't have done that. <laughs> But the good news is it's the same voltage regulator going back to about 1996. So there's that for you. Whether your bike has an 88 on the side or a 96 on the side or a 103 on the side, they all use the same voltage regulator. So that's kind of nice about Harley-Davidson. Now, is that a rectifier, too? Yes, it is. So it's a rectifier? Yeah. It's a, it's a regulator yeah. rectum fryer. Yeah. It does all the things. <laughs> It's just a put nice a Honda one on. You just put a Honda on there; it'll work forever. Oh, I can I can go into. We've had some interesting things uh, this week regarding reflex fuel pumps. Uh, hmm. Reflex does not use a vacuum-operated fuel pump. The reflex electric. uses an electric fuel pump that has Mounted two right wires that yeah. don't that it doesn't need to have. For some reason, this fuel pump doesn't have a ground and a power. It has a ground, a power, a something, and a something else. So there's four wires going into a fuel pump. Now anybody who knows anything about electrical pumps knows that they need a positive and negative. Mm. And anything else is unnecessary. When a fuel pump is on, it is either on because the motor is on. Is it or it two is speed? Off. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Honestly, Steve, well, I, mean, I, I gotta know. tell I you. Could be. Could be. I think it's a two speed. I think it's a two speed fuel pump. Because my reflex charges yeah. and it doesn't charge. Right. It's binary. Yeah. yeah. It, it either it's at 11.2 or it's at 14. It's 14. Right. It mm -hmm. does one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strange it's stranded thing. stranded me twice. And that's the only bike right now that's yeah. stranded me twice. Yeah. I, I, it, When you start working on motorcycles yeah. of various different origins and you start working on bikes that are from this country or that country or this level of technology or that level of technology, what you learn really quickly is 
each one of these manufacturers has a weird way they do things that doesn't seem to make sense. Unless you're that manufacturer. And if it makes you, sense to them. If you start thinking the way they do, then it makes sense. And it's a very strange thing. I've We have a customer right now, we have a Triumph in the back, a sport bike. That Triumph sport bike in the back is less than eight years old. It has been, it has had a close encounter with the asphalt. And as such, parts will need to be replaced. And you would assume that a Triumph you know, speed triple from less than eight years ago, one would be able to research the appropriate part numbers, order those part numbers from Triumph, and get them in the colors one would want. No, because apparently eight years is too long for Triumph to acknowledge the relevance of a formerly sold by Triumph motorcycle. Brexit. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the yeah. reasons my buddy said he's getting rid of the. He has a speed triple that he really loves that I think is like around yeah. 07, 08. Like, I can't remember. It's It may be a little bit older than what you've yeah. got in the back, but it's a bike he loves and it's got a ton of mileage on yeah. it. It's getting to that point in mileage where he's going to have to put a ton of money into yeah. it. And he's thorough with stuff. He takes great care of his stuff and he just can't get some of the shit that he wants to replace. And that's really frustrating when your bike is less than 10 years old. I would be fucking furious. Yeah. yeah. And it's we have a customer in the back right now that we have replaced 90% of the things on his bike that need to be replaced. But this one particular part of his motorcycle, which is about a $600 part of his motorcycle, is no longer available. Look at it. A pre-Piaggio Aprilia. Oh, God, don't say the A word around here. Jesus no, Christ. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, it's true. good luck. It's yeah. like the, the parts are in the wind. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Falco? That was an Aprilia 500? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. No, no, you'll be proceeding to the get fucked door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get any love around here for that at all. Do you find that's a theme among manufacturers now? To not support not stuff. everyone. Shorter, man. Like Honda, I mean, Honda, yeah. you could still find this stuff. Historically, Honda has carried its parts for a much longer period of time than too. other brands have. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I haven't. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was when they changed over when Piaggio bought Aprilia. They yeah. said, "Fuck those yeah. engineers at Aprilia. We're doing it our way now." And whatever they ever did, yeah. we want to race from the face of this earth. What I have to keep reminding Seriously. myself, as a person who does dabble into the uh, the world of the um, Italian uh, man, motorcycle manufacturers, that I have to keep reminding myself that Piaggio, every time I say Piaggio, my listeners think, oh, it's adorable scooter. Mm -hmm. But what they should be thinking is it's a business commercial airplane or a utility, like a corp, like a Business, like a factory utility vehicle, it's meaning a, GM. a Daihatsu yeah. truck that's parked out front. Oh yeah, they make the Ape, right? Yeah, they make Ape. they make well, the Ape is the three wheeled version, yeah. but the four wheeled version that they slap the word Piaggio on is the same Daihatsu that's parked out front right now, the 110 SP. So Daihatsu is manufactured and is sold in Italy as Piaggio. And so remember, for every time Piaggio poops out an adorable little Vespa, they're pooping out nine or ten hundred utility vehicles, factory utility vehicles, little tiny white vehicles that 
carry gobs and gobs of heavy things in the back of them around and adjacent to factories all over planet Earth, all over Europe. And so, like, their real claim to fame isn't the Vespa, and it's not the Liberty or the BV 500 or the BV 350. Their claim to fame really is a bunch of airplanes that nobody in the United States wants, and because we have our own airplane companies, Boeing and Lear, et cetera, and you know, for the 737 Max. Well, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, Piaggio's airplanes are all smaller; they're turboprop, you know, that kind of thing. But, but it's really the utility vehicles. It's really the stuff that Piaggio builds that works inside of industry that we don't really that we're not really aware of. It's like when I say Cushman. Most people think, oh, old man on a scooter with red suspenders, right, telling me about shit I don't want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas what do. really it is, is it's a utility vehicle inside a factory in Detroit taking 900 pounds of molten offal over to another place where they're going to make that into something valuable. By the way, yeah. since it's <laughs> for the first analogy of Cushman, next week in Wellington, at the state fairgrounds. At the, the fairgrounds, fairgrounds, Wellington Fairgrounds, is... This is the motor show. Yes, it is the show. antique yeah. engine show, which huh. you can hear motors that sound like this. Bang! Bang! <laughs> Bang! And, that, and people will stand around in a circle to watch an ancient piece of metal make those noises. They have like 100-pound flywheels. Yes. Yeah. These well, you get to hear the leather belts flap. Yeah. I love it. These hit-and-miss engines are a big fucking attraction to all the old men out there that won't, that don't have, you know, their children won't let them touch them anymore, so those old men have nothing better to do than stand around in a circle and worship something that used to run a washing machine. But the Lorraine, the Lorraine County Scooter Society... Will They're there. Be there. Yeah, oh, they, they will be there. there. They will be there. Average age... 137 years old <laughs> of the members. Average. When I joined, no. When I participated, no. When I showed up at one of their meetings 30 years ago, I was that asshole in the parking lot doing wheelies on a Vespa. And they were very angry about it. When I showed up at their, like, their official dinner, right? And I showed up on my bike and I was just like, it's a scooter club event, clearly. We are supposed to do wheelies in the parking lot. Well, you know, Phil, there's scooters the and there's scooters. Cushmans. Cushmans. <laughs> well, no, these guys are actually, the Lorraine County Vintage Club people are kind of, they're into Vespas and Lombardas and stuff mm. like that. But, but they're just into it. helixes there, too. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because Barco Lounger hasn't made a scooter yet. <laughs> yeah. What do you got there? It's good enough for Devo, it's good enough for me. I got a 1993 Heli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. But that is, you're right. And that's Wellington Vintage Wellington Antique Motor Show. Engine, yeah, engine Antique show. Engine Show. Yeah. And they, it is not joking. There will be many people that show up mm. with leather belt powered things that are all going like, you know, okay, well, we are, uh, we're actually gasifying wood to make they, fuel. They actually do that, too. Yeah, I know they do. I've yeah, been there. What's interesting there, though, yeah. is that you could actually make a rap song off some of the yes, cadences of the engine. Yeah, this is an 808 like, track. It's just waiting for you. It's it's literally, Flavor Flav <laughs> is hanging out. 
he's getting he's getting crunk and listening to a yeah. 808 track coming out of a semi steam powered hit and miss radial fucking bullshit whatever. Plus they have open yeah. cooling systems where you have to add water. I mean, oh. there's like a there's like the cooling the constant the, loss lubrication yeah. system. Yeah, that not know, only does it not only do you till your crops but it kills them at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant. I had a minivan with that. <laughs> Constant loss. Uh, yeah, it's a one stroke. Yeah. It, it is very interesting. I mean, it is an interesting show. If you're, no, it's not an interesting show. It is the opposite of an interesting show. It's more show. interesting than the Spirit of 76 Museum that is also at Wellington, Ohio. They have an entire museum for the Spirit of 76? Well, the guy who painted it is from there. Wait. We're talking about the aluminium airplane. No, no, no. The famous Revolutionary War painting no, no. of yes. like the oh, fighter. Oh, yeah, the the oh, okay, There's right. a big mural of it there, okay. and they have yeah. a little museum right. for him. Okay, and the guy who painted the Spirit mm-hmm. of 76, from the Delaware, or no, the actual Revolutionary War. Right. Yeah, but okay. I don't think it's... Check. Yeah. It's not the Spirit of St. Louis. No, no. And it's not the Spirit of 76 no, train that was red, white, and blue that really trundled cool through America. Like the, the 1976 Bicentennial Harleys. I don't know more about the guy that painted those. Those things are fucking sick. Yeah, they're red, white, and blue. Well, have you ever seen pictures of ones that... Well, because the bike was black, and it had these funky, almost Peter Max-esque decals on, except it was designed by somebody with talent. Yeah. Sorry, if you're a fan of Peter Max, go fuck your hat. But (laughs) the weird thing is, too, is the graphics, like the clear coat they put over them would, would... get sun bleach and it yes. would sun bleach and turn everything green everything turned green and Harley would just send you a new one right because it was right. AMF Harley or like we're trying to mass produce bikes that are hand built and see how <laughs> it works out for us and uh, and the guys on the bowling pin line got moved over to the motorcycle line yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like you go in like any old biker bar in America and there is a green tinted There's Bicentennial a green Harley tins, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know tank or yep. Electroglide oh, yeah. bearing up on the wall but I want to be one of those guys someday no I don't not, not I the embrace, part, I embrace I want the future hover cycle. Like, the second I can get a hover cycle, like, I'm not dicking around. When I ride a Zero SRF, I'm not riding it and comparing it to a 1977 CB750 Supersport. Like, nope. No way. I'm, I'm embracing the future. Turn I'm the Jedi jet bike. Well, if they <laughs> put exactly those it. graphics on, like, a new Harley, I would totally be in the market for one. Oh. I'm just saying I just want the tank to put on the yeah. wall because it's cool to look at. Yeah. I don't want to deal oh, yeah. with an AMF. And I bike. believe that's actually the best place for anything. I've told a number of people this week that their motorcycles should be on the wall at their local TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> I've recommended that that is the 13th step of their motorcycle experience. Talking but, about damning with faint, faint praise. Well, I... I have one of those in my garage, so... It's, so we have a dude here in Cleveland uh, you know every once in a while a bandwagon rolls through town and the bandwagon comes through town and you see the bandwagon you're like oh it's a bandwagon my it's getting crowded on there hmm I think I'll see cafe racer I'll think I think I'll just wait and see what happens and so there was this Hildebrandt coffee company over here on on the near west side and the Hildebrandt Coffee Company, uh, this old building that they made gobs and gobs of coffee on for ages. But it's, you know, over there near Porco. It's in that area where you're like, eh, I'm going to go over there, but I don't know. I might get stabbed. Um, but I'll just go over there just the same because my friend opened a motorcycle co-op in there, and we'll just go see what happens. And we'll hang out and drink some beers and stuff like that, and the tall bikes will show up, and we'll be all very cool to each other as we twirl our mustaches and apply wax liberally. <laughs> so, there you go. I painted a picture. Now there's a great falling out, and one half of the one half of the power couple becomes Skidmark, 
a motorcycle co-op where you can go and learn about your motorcycle and become a better wrench. And our friends like Steve Noble and, and Brian will... will the name kills me. Skidmark? Yeah. Again. It's just, yeah. I'm okay with it because I like self-deprecating people. <laughs> like, and I have yeah. soiled my undies before. So I have had... Not but a real man unless it? you shit your pants on a motorcycle. Kimco <laughs> had a bike called the Bet and Win, and I thought they should have called it Bet and Lost. <laughs> And because I have bet and lost on my own sphincter before. Um, so Never Skidmark, trust a fart. That's right. <laughs> Skidmark Garage did a great job, and they do a great job. I still love them, and I think what they're doing is noble because, Steve Noble, uh, I think what they're doing is great. I like the idea of teaching people in a co-op atmosphere mm. how to work on their shit. Like, no, I, really I, do I love that. the idea. It's just the name. Sharing I can't get by the name. Skidmark? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like naming a steak like... The pile of shit. It is named. I mean, it's like <laughs> having a flaming. Like, really didn't it, mince words with that metaphor. It's named the pile of shit. It'd be like, like if every street corn vendor ever was called "See you again tomorrow morning." <laughs> yeah, ever. Um, it would be like if every tamale truck ever was called "Explosive Anus." <laughs> if Taco Bell was just called "You'll regret this." Yeah. It's truth in advertising. That's uh, fine, but before Skidmark, Skidmark had a partner. And this partner guy, he did a great job of like self-promotion. And he had a great story, he's a recovering alcoholic or a drug addict or whatever his game was, but he had a cool story of personal redemption and triumph over adversity. And then he, he OD'd on fentanyl. Eh, no, 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 no. But what he did was he he created this thing about like this like this dirty, crusty, I'm gonna build you a custom motorcycle that is like it's it's authentic and it's grungy and it's gritty, and uh. But who does that? Well, here's my problem: <laughs> is so many people will be like, "We're death trap cycles." Well, you've never been punched hard in your fucking life. Yeah. Okay. Thank so, you. So fuck you, right? And let me see the parade of bad mistakes that you've got that builds your authenticity. Let me see your. Let me see the fucking burns on your fucking wrist from the, the adversity fucking, that you climbed out of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Can I just butt in Go real right quick ahead. with popular millennial opinion, unpopular millennial opinion, throwing other millennials under the bus? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so fucking tired of the word authentic. Again. That I think that I think that's probably why I'm into Harley's. Yeah. Because I think I trust the posers more now. <laughs> that might be true. Give it here. Yeah. yeah. So this dude. Yeah, we're authentic. This it's dude an authentic piece of shit. Became the alternative place to have your motorcycle serviced by an authentic grungy dude who managed to convince a number of people, like TV shows and progressive, mo like progressive bike show, and all these other people, that he was the real deal. Well, the real deal has been evicted from the real deal's <laughs> least joint. And the real deal has got some like 20 or 30, 40 motorcycles that are hanging out in the real deal's shop that he's stolen parts off of for the past, I don't know, year or two or three. And so people who've lost control over their projects because they thought they were hiring the real deal, mm -hmm. the alternative to an established motorcycle shop, and I'm going to say that again. The alternative. The alternative to, to an established motorcycle shop, aka the guy will do it cheap. How's that working? How's that authenticity working out for How you? How is that working out for you? So I've had eleven bikes show up at my shop. 
in trailers, on trailers, from U-Haul and other various sources, um, with pieces missing. And I could almost tell you, if I would have kept track, I could have done the lineage of parts from bike A that ended up on bike C. And I could have said, ah, oh, dude, your CB600F2, I know where your brake calipers are. They're on that dude over there's 81 Kawasaki. Like, because that's what was happening, is this guy was like only responding to the people he was most scared of at the moment and building their bike using the parts from the other people's bikes. That's bullshit. Oh, of course it's bullshit. It's bullshit of the highest order. And it's why I cringe when I see people start a shop or a co-op or a whatever, and they don't have, I don't know, a certificate certificate of occupancy. Wait, was it Frank Jackson's grandson? What's that? <laughs> no, it's not. But it's like, seriously, if you want to be in business, put on your big boy pants and be a fucking business. Have a fucking certificate of occupancy. Have a fucking business license. Have insurance. Have a bond. Have something that shows me that you are more in it, that you're in it for the future more than just, I'm going to pay off this new pickup truck. Yeah, but, but those assholes have been around for a while. We know someone that's worked on Lombretas in yeah. California that yeah. pulled that shit like 10, 20 years yeah. ago. And still and, exists. And still is around. Right. So it's, it's, it's not a new thing, but I get it. It's, it's, Unlike it, the days it of Deadwood, we don't just summarily murder now. these people. Right. right. That's what sucks, that it's yeah. still happening. Yeah, and this guy, in this particular situation is, I'm dealing with the past month, I've been dealing with phone calls from a lot of people who said, can you go to this place? Wait, get this is my recent? Bike. Oh, this yeah, this is recently? now. Yeah. This is happening oh, right yeah. this minute. Oh, wow. Like, we've had bikes show up this week where I've just said, the bike will show up and I'll do triage on the bike. And I'll just be like, okay, so what we got here is a bike that's got this missing, that missing, this missing, that missing, this missing. And it's been in this guy's custody for the past, like, fucking year and a half or whatever. Shit. And it's all he's criminal. done is systematically yeah. steal shit off of it and stroke or bullshit the people who own the bike over the telephone. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's what it is. Yeah. By There's no better name for it. Yeah, the money, but, instead of money changing hands, it's motorcycle parts. Right. And this guy has been taking money from these people. Yeah. Like, hey, Ooh. dude, this is where your bike is right mm -hmm. now. I just need another 600 to buy you a XYZ. <clears throat> Takes the money from the guy. And now, guess what? The fucking light's on. The roaches are fucking scurrying for the holes in the wall. You need to go get your bike. Or your bike is going to be taken to the fucking dump. Oh, did I mention that this guy has been taking loads of motors to the dump for 50 bucks, 60 bucks, 70 bucks a load? For scrap. People's engines. People's engines. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So I'm going to tell you something. Be extraordinarily careful who you get in bed with. Because if you tell me, and I'm right now, I'm on a, I'm on a, you know, a Facebook wow. forum of people who are saying, hey, Dave, when you were there last week, did you happen to see an RM250 motor? Oh, man. Because I gave him my RM250 motor to rebuild, and I hate to think it's one of the items that went to the dump. Yeah. So he could have an extra $100 in his pocket. It's really fucking sketchy. So what kind of world do we live in where like vigilante justice is considered uncivilized in this <laughs> Where situation? vigilante justice is completely fucking frowned upon and you'll go to jail yeah. and or get sued and yeah. you like to meet my lawyer kind of thing. Like it should be one of those things where you're just like, dude, that guy had it coming. 
Yeah. yeah. And there is no that that guy had a coming thing. I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm not I'm not advocating yeah. violence or wishing death on anybody. But if he had yeah. trouble walking yeah. for like the next yeah. for some period between right. the next eight weeks and the rest yeah. of his natural life, right. that wouldn't be such a bad thing. And, and you got two testicles. <laughs> Do you really need both of them? Yeah, yeah. Well, really and the thing one. is, I have, Hi, we parted out. I'm sorry. It's this other guy that came in after you needed a kidney more than you did. There's so we're taking people, yours. There have been a lot of people in the world that I have decided that I'm like, well, you know, this guy talks a good game and he's fun to listen to, but I'm not going to get involved with him because. Mm. And this is one of those guys. I never got involved with this guy because. You know, all of the stories about how, like, he was going to run the Triumph Flat Track team and all this stuff, like. And, you know, Mythbusters, you know, Adam Savage going over to his shop and, you know, showing the makerspace or whatever mentality. Like, and, you know, oh, see all those bikes over there? I built those. Meanwhile, it's like, I know the guy that built those bikes and he's not you. So, Mm. whatever, man. Mm. But you have to learn to insulate yourself from people like that. And it is very strange that in this dumb industry, there are a shortage of people who are willing to do the work because it's hard work and it's not fun. And it doesn't pay well. Working on motorcycles is actually a shitty job. Working on motorcycles is a lot of fun. But doing it for a living mm. is shitty. You love it. You don't get rich exactly. off of it. Right. So. And I can tell you from here at our shop, it is very, very difficult to find people that want to spend 40 or 50 hours of just working on yeah. to work on bikes they find sexy. They're getting to work yeah. on 2006 Katanas. They're getting to work on, you know, a, a eighty-one XS six fifty. Your line was the best, though. How do you how do you end up with a million dollars in the motorcycle business? Start with two million. Yeah. You need a million in no time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, do it because yeah. you love it. It yeah. is I mean, true. Yeah. Whatever you do, I'm... said for the first eleven years, he said, you know what? A lot spend fifteen twenty thousand dollars a year on bass boats and fishing. So this is what no different. Mean, in their like personal life? No. <laughs> no. A lot of people spend eleven or twelve thousand dollars a year on their hobby annually. So you know what? Maybe this isn't so bad. But we did not make money, actual real money, until we were in the game for a good fucking long time. Because this is a very hard business. It's getting harder, too. Well, and, mm. you know, if you can imagine your local motorcycle shop, if you can picture in your head who your local motorcycle shop is and think about what their day looks like, and if you are making a conscious decision to buy your glove or helmet or jacket or something from somebody other than them, I can assure you that in 1992... I didn't buy my helmet on Amazon. And my motorcycle, my local motorcycle shop, of which there were four of, was healthier. Well, now I'm the only fucking Vespa dealer north of Columbus, east of Detroit. Probably the only one in the city that works on anything that's more than 10 years old. Have one. Really? Yeah. So that gives you an idea. I used to have seven competitors in Cleveland, and now I have none. That doesn't make me the survivor. That makes me the fucking idiot. (laughs) Right? If you're the last one on the plane, when it hits the water, you're not the survivor, pal. You're the one who hung around too long. if they had parachutes. Yeah. (laughs) You're the one who hung around too long. If you're getting paid to do it, it's because somebody either, someone else can't do it themselves, 
or they don't want to do it themselves. Right. And I found out just from writing, which is like a complete bullshit job where you don't get your hands dirty compared to everybody else well, that has, has real play. jobs. You spend a lot of time, yeah, you spend a lot of time doing the latter before right. you can make money doing the former. Of course. Ab right. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it makes my head spin when I think about our ancestors who figured out really, really complicated mechanical things that make my head spin today when I look at them and go, wow, man, somebody came up with that in 1876 and it works and it works great and I can't sit here and figure out how my goddamn point of sale system works? What the fuck is wrong with me? I'm on the other side of that, Phil. Yeah. I'm like, if I think about it too hard, it fucking yeah. terrifies me that yeah. my job as I know it yeah. did not exist when I graduated high school yes. and took on a bunch of student debt. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like print media was at, would like existed. Right. Yeah. That was like print how you media did it. existed. Oh, print media existed. You know it'd be great if this was on paper. <laughs> yeah. I got a great idea. You know what we should do? We should print this out and give it to a bunch of people. And you know what? Then they'll pay for it. And now it turns out everyone wants it for free. Yeah, no, like I have to do it for a little bit of money yeah. so that someone goes to the website right. and then the, a thing pops up on their screen oh, yeah. if they're not smart enough to install Adblock and it gives their computer a virus. <laughs> and then the Nigerian scammer gives us some money, right. which my editor gives to me for right. creating the page that gave that baby boomer a virus. <laughs> so you want to talk about a pyramid scheme. That is a pyramid scheme. That's not who I'm writing for now, but yeah. I've definitely, like, I spent, when I was talking about the, the whole thing well, about, you write like, the pros on, You write the pros on... <laughs> Ten things that are there. And, yeah. and, I, and if you do not give us $300 right now, we will erase yeah. all your data. Well, let's see, how can I make that any better? Around the time I was living uh, in a really sketchy neighborhood and started doing this podcast, and the best motorcycle I could get was a 28,000-mile 16-year-old Harley. <laughs> um, one of the opportunities that came across my desk was to write for a website called Something Something Buzz, not the big buzz, but the, another buzz that was piggybacking on the shitty buzz. It was an even shittier buzz. And they did, gave financial advice. And if you Google my name, you can still find this article, but I highly recommend not clicking on it because then you'll get a virus and have to give some scammer $300 to get the virus off your computer. No, but it was... I use Linux. So well, there you go. So it was a... It was a, uh, it was a website that was, yeah. that was meant to give financial advice. And the article they wanted me to write for a website, giving people financial advice was the 10 best brand new luxury cars you can buy under $35,000. She told you it was a list. Let that fart <laughs> sit there for a minute. Think about it. So I, wrote, I came up with nine base model luxury cars, each one on its own page, of course. No, because you can't get a TL on, or you couldn't get a TL. I think under thirty-five. I picked, I definitely put an Acura on the list because you can't not put an Acura. Like, but my point is, is that if you're giving was, people good fine, <laughs> if you're giving people good financial advice, you're not telling them to buy brand new base luxury model luxury cars. cars. So for the sixth, the the tenth thing, I put down like uh, the the new Mazda six because I said like. For thirty-five grand, you can actually have a car that's got all the luxury features you can't afford on the other one, and you can either look rich or live rich. And they didn't like Send that. Send me three hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, exactly. Well, they they sent me the three hundred bucks, right? And I never heard from them again. No, that was it. Because because they did not like that I picked a non-luxury car as the tenth luxury car. Do you know what's the weirdest thing is in the current like in our motorcycle world that we live in right now? 
the most the motorcycle that holds its value that you can go into your dealership and you can purchase right now or let's even go back six years five years the motorcycle you can go in you can buy that motorcycle five years ago and then today after having ridden it for five years and enjoying it however you like to retains the absolute highest amount of its resale value anyone know what that motorcycle is Yamaha TW 200 no it's a Vespa really it's a Vespa Forbes magazine. Forbes, again, since Malcolm Forbes died, that company doesn't give a fuck about motorcycles. But, you know, there's nobody in a hot air balloon fucking Elizabeth Taylor anymore, so <laughs> motorcycles don't exist anymore, all right? So, since Forbes is the fucking well-disputed, you know, fucking god of all things monetary, they write this amazing article talking about the best retention of your dollar in a wheeled vehicle, not a four or two or three or six wheeled Real. vehicle, in a wheeled vehicle, so Real. I guess that means, you know, fucking <laughs> unicycles too, is a Vespa. And I can assure you, there's a 2009 sitting over there, I'm sorry, there's a 2006 over there that was like $52.99 brand new, and it's 3500 right now, and I'll sell it. That's a good, um, so that's you can think a 10 year old vehicle that has retained a t any 10-year-old vehicle that has retained about 60% of its that's original good. purchase price. Pretty fucking good. That's pretty good. I think so. That's really impressive. You can't get that out of a Maybach. You can't get that out of a... No, luxury, uh, old luxury right. is the best value out there because it, it drops so fast. It does. I mean, Yeah, if you can quick. fix shit yourself, that's, yeah. the, that's absolutely yeah. the way to go. And so it's a really weird thing in my world because we joke. We're like, we're constantly teasing people. We're like, there's KBB. And there's NADA. And there's Blackbook. real life. <laughs> and then there's my shop. Because what we can assure you is, this year I've had to fight harder. I've had to work harder to get pre-owned Vespas in here. Because if you think that people eat up Vespas, that's true, they do. But they especially eat up used Vespas. Mm -hmm. Because you know what's better than an $8,000 Vespa? is <laughs> a $5,000 Vespa yep. that does everything else the same. Yep. And it's a really weird so market. You're going to put 500 miles on a year. Yeah, it's exactly, well, if you look down our line, you're going to see loads of bikes that have 1,000, 2,000 miles on them mm. that are almost 10 years old. And they're still as viable as they were the day they were built. Why do people buy bikes and not ride them? Oh, it's the weirdest thing. You should work here for a couple of weeks. It's, the, it's bizarre to see people come in with, uh, so over in our service department, I'll tell you guys because you'll appreciate this, back in the uh, day of our, year of our Lord, 2006, this little company called Quan Yang Motor Company, nobody's ever heard of them. Uh, they're out of uh, Taiwan, and they go by the name of Kimco. Mm -hmm. They make things, you know, they make some small stuff. They make, like, I don't know, you know, a couple of million vehicles per year. <laughs> and uh, so they had this bike called the Kimco People 250, mm -hmm. and it looked like a Ford F-250. Like, the front grille <laughs> was unnecessarily big. I mean... The bike was a bit... Put it on the screen. Phil. I'm going to pull it up on the screen because the bike was a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those leather belt engines you were telling yeah. us about. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my world. That was in Italy at the at the factory that built the first Moto Guzzi. Um, I know. It's, uh, oh, it's one of those bikes from that Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Kimco People 250 if my fucking website comes up and if I get a, if I get a browser. Uh, so the Kimco People 250, as luck would have it, does have a grill... A fucking grill. 
And uh, it does. It should be called the Kimco Ford People 250 because this thing's got a serious Whoa. grill. It's a 16-inch wheeled scooter. It's 250 cc's. Right when this bike came out, our friends over at Minneapolis, uh, Scooterville in Minneapolis, Bob Hedstrom and his boys, they took one of these out and put it on the, uh, the road that goes around Minneapolis, like, like the outer belt, basically. They put that around the road that goes around, and they, did, they rode for 24 hours. Right out of the crate. They rode this thing at freeway speeds for 24 hours. You can't ride on those roads for 24 hours at freeway speed because it comes to a standstill <laughs> at some it? point. I think that, yeah, right. At 24 hours, some of those hours are going right. to be rush hour. Right. You're going to get fucked. Oh. So, um, Maybe it's a Sunday. Well, I went and got <laughs> yeah. this I went and got this particular bike uh, from the person I sold it to in 2006. That's 13 years ago. And it has expired. It ha I'm sorry. It has traveled 71 kilometers. What? That's 40 miles. Yeah. 40 miles. So, uh, yeah, this bike has existed on this planet for 40 miles of, of sheer enjoyment and bliss. Wow. And it is perfect. I mean, not a scratch on it. And... And that's ugly as fuck. And What's that? It is. <laughs> it is oh, oh, it looks like. I mean, as far as quote a scooter goes, if anybody would like to Jimmy Google, Durante. if yes, if anybody <laughs> would like to Google image search a Kimco People 250 circa 2006, this is the color I have. Uh, it's Wineberry. The color is called Wineberry. It's also like they made a handsome bike and then they added that on the. Front. It is Oldsmobilic. Yeah, the you color could probably is put some molly webbing on there and yeah, put some you could. gear in there. You could put all kinds of cool sweet. shit on there. You could you call know, it new, tactical. The new Alpha The new Alpha does look like that. Yes, it does. And so that's, water cooled, that's the color and the windshield I have. Um, not ironically, I have a Kimco Yup 250. Look that one up, too. Uh, I own a Kimco Yup 250. Never sold in the United States, by the way. Um, only brought over to test like a... EPA testing, DOT testing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and That's so it's a much better looking bike. I own a Yup 250, and so yeah, the Yup 250 um, is the. You'll notice the windshield on the Yup 250 is identically the same as the windshield on the Kimco yeah. People 250 because that's called efficient use of parts. Um, I do have a Yup 250. Dig the Fort Gators. That looks tough. <laughs> it's like an adventure yeah. shooter. Uh, that is the color that I have as well. That is the exact. That is my exact Yup 250 right there. You see a new Peugeot scooter? What's that? There's a new Peugeot. Is it scooter. called the Speed Fight or the Speed Rake? Oh, I don't, I don't know what it was called. Does it, have it was a, a good looking. It was a good looking scooter. It was Peugeot like that. always does sexy <laughs> and exotic. They sold a scooter with a fucking supercharger. Really? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, look that shit up. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, there's a there's a new Peugeot scooter out there that they they were talking about bringing to the United States. Right. And it was, it's a very good looking scooter. It's like, what was that one that we rode the other day? That, uh, that weird Chinese one you got that... Ooh. You mean the, the, the Royal Alloy? The vintage? Yeah. The That's the fake Lambretta? The fake Lambretta. Right. With yeah. the Peugeot. Take a look Ooh. there. That is a Peugeot. Fuck, okay. man. Okay. I want one. Yeah, that's yeah, a Peugeot. But this is a vintage. But you see where one. my this little is... pointer's pointing? Yeah. That's a supercharger. That's cool. Wow. Fuck. 
I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody needs me, I'll be in my bunk. Yeah. That is a supercharger on a fucking scooter. Done. <laughs> yeah, right. So if you're not sure whether or not scooters can be fucking cool... Yeah, there's plenty of cool scooters. Yeah, I mean that motherfucker, well, the Jet Force or Speed Fight, we'll that like bit. that's got a supercharger. And now that's a CBX, or that's a, I'm sorry, that's a Saber. So that's a Honda CB. I'm sorry, the supercharger. Yeah, that's a Honda V65 Saber with a giant supercharger put on it, because superchargers are much sexier than turbos. And meanwhile, this is a scooter motor. Damn. With a supercharger. That's My favorite were the rotary turbos. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. A rotary supercharger. Yeah, rotary. Yeah, okay. The well, that kind of makes thing? sense. What's Show that? Up a little bit. That, that four wheel little. Oh, this car. The, what the fuck? The supercharger. The Take kind of RPMs. It's, it's a three wheel. Like Peugeot. This. That's a Peugeot. It's four wheel. It runs like this. Damn. The Peugeot PHEV. Yeah, which basically is a narrow car. Yeah. I love the Winkle engine. Yeah. So, yes. So, is that it? Is that No, that's, that's a Peugeot. Uh, that's a Peugeot. I don't know. Again, that's what happens when you give the French and the Indians, dot not feather, the permission to build a bike. Because that really is, I don't know what this is called. We're going to go look. We're going to have a quick look at this to find out what the fuck it is. But that's what I'm saying, that it looks kind of like that one that we rode. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Royal bit. Alloy. Yeah, right. yeah we right. all rode the Royal Alloy. The Royal Alloy was a vintage Lambretta built with an automatic scooter motor, or with an automatic motor in it. it. It was not, I mean, I don't think it's. it would shock anybody. But I do think that when it comes to truly, like, the truly weird fucking like weird like trying to breed like a dog with a duck like like <laughs> truly fucking weird I've done that right <laughs> Peugeot <laughs> Peugeot has always been the platypus of and platypus is such a cool name too. Peugeot's logo is like a raging lion mm -hmm. like Peugeot's logo always has been this raging lion it's this lion that's standing up on its back feet but the lion in the Peugeot logo diesel yeah, if you look at the Peugeot logo, it's a lion standing on his back feet. But he almost looks like he's like a bipedal lion. Right. Like this lion walking, has somehow yeah. decided, like, fuck you, I'm going to walk. Looks like right? Johnny Walker. He's got a Nosferatu. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny Walker he is walk. literally a lion <laughs> pretending to be Nosferatu. Yeah. Yeah. Best thing I've heard today. <laughs> it's a lion pretending to be Nosferatu. Um, Peugeot has always been weird, and I've always had Peugeot, like, I've always had Peugeot scooters and stuff hanging around, and they're fucking weird. I mean, like, the French, when it comes to mm. the French just being French, lions aren't built like that. Anyone who's ever seen a lion will know that a lion does not have a 34-inch inseam. It's a <laughs> right? It's a like, zombie Egyptian lion. It is a zombie Egyptian lion. Or it's a low-budget 80s movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is It is a lion who's like standing up on his hind legs going... Right? I didn't know they changed the logo because yeah. the original one was the, the corner one. The, yes, the, and the, the, old the, school one. Right, the old school one. The old yeah. school one had slightly more torso. The old school one's like one. doing like the, like he the, is the, the old timey boxer. boxer. Yeah, he's the old timey boxer. And that's one of those just funny things. Or I, I mean, I love looking at the logos oh, yeah, the and stuff Malosi, of old yeah, motorcycles yeah, yeah. and stuff. Uh, the Melosi one is just legendary. Mm. 
I mean, it yeah. takes the the idea of a lion and goes purely Asian with it. More like a dragon. It's a dragon thing. lion. It's yeah. like the opposite of the Peugeot lion, where the Peugeot lion has no torso. The Melosi lion is it's like a tapeworm <laughs> with legs. Yeah, it's so fucking different. The Melosi lion is totally different. So that's it. That's a logo talk with Cleveland Moto. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, one, we're still in the window of DGR, so mm. sign up for your local mm. DGR and participate. If you don't have a DGR, make a DGR and be that guy. Get your suit tailored. Get your suit tailored. I bought some shit. I, I went on eBay and I bought some, like, I've properly abused. Somebody in London is making a, quote, <clears throat> steampunk. I know. I fucking hate myself for that <laughs> But it's really nice. It's a velvet, a black velvet tails, you know, jacket. And, uh, and I, uh, yeah, $79. So, I figure. Sure. so I got something to add to my arsenal of shit, provided <laughs> that whoever, wherever their ruler is, understands that a 36 inch arm is really a 36 inch arm. Like, mm-hmm. do, does I anybody have in England have a 36 arm? No, they don't. <laughs> no, no. Their arms are so short like they 20. can barely reach into their pockets. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in, in Scotland, one of my ancestors was famous for being able to choke British officers while still on their horses. So I think, and that's where I got this. So yeah, I think you too. In Scotland, right. there You're are people no, who no, that's, have. Uh, you can reach into other yes. people's pockets. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. You have. Wait, if I take a little bit yeah. off, oh, thank you. Yeah, your wingspan is le- is also. It's longer than I am tall. Yes, yeah. I have the same mm-hmm. way. My wingspan is definitely longer than I am I tall. I always thought it's, that was like rare, but everyone at this, or maybe it's a motorcyclist. It's It's fucking or. Orangutanian. Yeah. 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 They're my people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. If we were Star Wars villains or Star Trek villains, we would be the orangutans. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm English and Dutch, yeah. which means that it's a struggle for me to walk from here to the bathroom without enslaving an indigenous culture. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Yeah. We're not going to say anything about Oscar at all. Yep. Right. Because he is. It's like smarter. you're putting Oscar <laughs> in the van with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like well, you've only known, like you you know, you've only known me like three or right, four years. Exactly. We play the long con. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. the Dutch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, it, it, that's the whole thing. He's like, have a shame what we've done in the Congo. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's English and Belgians. Totally That's true. That was the Belgians. We don't want to credit the Dutch with that. That's true. Yeah, we got enough. We're gonna yeah. leave the East Indies. Indonesia was pretty bad. Though. That was pretty bad too. That's it. And nobody, the Lebanese have never been blamed for shit. The Lebanese have been on Spotless. the receiving end of most of that shit. If there was, if there was a yeah, Stanley... We used to have a nice country. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, if there we used was, to have a country all to ourselves. Yeah. If there was a Stanley Cup for fucking people over, it would be on a lot. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I mean, I just wonder that being this kind of a joy, like, the thing is, well, we like to travel. Like, we like to go around and see shit. You just traveled around Scotland and Ireland and everything else. And, you know, showing up as an American, right, you have a certain cross to bear. You do, but you only have, like, 250 years worth of a cross to bear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but we've we done pretty good, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, we have. And having just come back from up. Scotland, let me say this. Yeah. I fucking hate tourists. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God, the tourist places were the worst. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go into somewhere and you want to have an authentic experience, and what you discover is, hey, are you from Cleveland? Because we're from Medina. And, you know, I could tell by your accent that you were from Ohio. Oh. Um, 
great. That was traveled great. thousands of miles to get away from you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That right. was the curtain being pulled back for me in um, New York the first time I went to Manhattan. Yeah. Was like discovering that like there are no beautiful people in Manhattan like there are in the movies. You're just surrounded by people from the Midwest who went to Manhattan to look for like be people that live there. Yeah. You're, you're surrounded by people from the Midwest who moved there. Ages ago, Baz Luhrmann said people. that everyone should live in uh, Manhattan or live in New York, but leave before it makes you hard. And everyone should live in L.A., but leave before it makes you soft. And <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. As a person who is from Ohio, we do get to sample a lot of things. I've had people tell me before that, like, oh, well, you're from Ohio. Yeah. Well, but you're from Cleveland. And we go, yeah, we're from Cleveland. They're like, well, no, that's like the part of Ohio you might get punched in. And I'm like, this is hilarious. You know, we're from Ohio, dude. We're still from Ohio. So we're on yeah, the west I side. I, would I say, say you don't I live in Cleveland. I never side. admit to living in Ohio. <laughs> oh, but, that's fun. But I grew up in LA, so it's it's <laughs> oh, a thing good? for me. But yeah. <laughs> you live in Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. I do not live in Ohio. Not Ohio. <laughs> that's like people live in Hong Kong, but not in China. You know, that's one of those games. You're like, dude, I'm from Hong Kong. I used to live in Lodi, so that was hard. Lodi is hard. <laughs> so, For the record, Cleveland, yeah. I could live with. Yeah, I've never heard a Creedence Clearwater Revival song and been like, oh Lord, stuck in Columbus. Nope. Oh Lord, stuck in Cleveland. Nope. Oh Lord, stuck in Lodi again. Yeah, they got it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. They nailed it. It's a prison. Yeah. Yeah. When when the town's <laughs> biggest point of pride is that the like Grand Wizard of the KKK used to live there, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing better, huh? Yeah, That's I can it. buy an Amish pie in the shadow of a massive penitentiary. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Lodi. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a funny thing. I mean, Ohio is a very strange place in and of itself. It's very normal. There's nothing weird going on. Is there buzzards there or something? Except Hinkley. for uh, Hinkley. Yeah. yeah. Except uh, for in the state of Ohio, we all have <laughs> all of the things. We have a thriving Amish community, mm -hmm. right? We also have a thriving Arabic community. Mm -hmm. We also have a thriving everything community. Ohio is the middle of America. It mm -hmm. really legitimately is. You can run into any goddamn body here. Cleveland yeah. is the, th by number of people groups, yeah. the third most diverse city in the country. Honestly. Not by like percentages, that doesn't but by shock number of me people groups. Because I live here, I've always thought that It'd be nice if we were more diverse, like being, but I also understand that around where I, I travel, usually, that I don't get into the neighborhoods I used to get into as much as I used to. Lakewood's, Lakewood High School yeah. has 57 dialects. Yeah, I, that is, oh, yeah. Fuck. And it's Lakewood. Oh, seriously, there's 57 yeah. Lakewood, dialects. Lakewood's population density and, is the and, same as Chicago. Right. Oof. Right. So it's a pretty interesting It's place. the most dense city between New York and Chicago. Yeah. It's a very, very, I mean, it's a, it, there is a strange thing when you tell people from Ohio and they go, Iowa? Oh. And you're like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> that's I was. That, that's a yeah. great segue. I will always contend that people from the Upper Midwest are yeah. some of the most sincere, nice people in the country. Right. But among that group of the Upper Midwest, right. Ohioans are the least nice of that group of very nice people. I don't think so. I think we're the most normal of of all the people. In yeah, the but but we're not but we're not super nice. Like I, I work with people a lot from like uh from Wisconsin. It's and I feel like an asshole syrupy. every right. single it's time. Weird, I talk. but nice. but I mean, Wisconsin people are like like trust me, those Wisconsin syrupy. people they're need syrupy. that. Mm -hmm. Yes, they need someone to tell them. But like look at is. look yeah, at the look true. at how we yeah. speak, and look yeah. at and you go to any you go to any city yeah. on vacation, yeah. and how do the news people speak? 
Oh, no, we do have a, mm -hmm. a remarkably the mid-Atlantic accent. Like Californians. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for the record, you're all important. He's the only real Californian yeah. here. Yeah. Four generations, bro. Oscar Four is, generations. Oscar is yeah. the only real Californian here. Yeah. I, spent, I spent my <laughs> early <Mexico>. 20s. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you win. Yeah. There's one real Californian <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I spent my early 20s getting a uh, in like a very misguided attempt to get into the radio industry. Yeah. To get into yeah. a dime industry and uh not even dying I've been practicing my telegraph at for that years. point yeah. my morse code is strong yeah. <laughs> yeah that and then uh and then let's try it let's try to do like print media after right. that yeah exactly after well, that i think i'm gonna teachers start, are for yeah is right. to tell you to go to dying right. yeah yeah so some asshat with a podcast comes sure along. Cut <laughs> yeah career. so it's it's funny because like yeah like it was like oh cleveland's such a big you springboard for talent <laughs> yeah yeah, I've been working. I've been working with movable type. They're the ones where you have to put all the. Oh my god, we're almost three hours. All right, guys. <laughs> Anybody have anything relevant? We've been trying to exit this podcast for the past thirty minutes. I must oh, say, I, I want to say one thing. Yes. Before we go out, we did destroy half a bottle of Tomatol. More than Tomatol. half. Is delicious. It is delicious. <laughs> here, here. The Bracula. No, not Bracula. Bracula. It's Bracula. Bracula. It's a black label from here. It looks like Bracula. It's Bracula. That was delicious too. That was really nice. In fact, I think that of the two, I do actually prefer the Bracla better. The Bracla, uh, the Bracla. They're both really good. Yeah, the Bracla tastes a little better to me. But anyway, it's I, been a I rode, I rode off road for the first time last Saturday. <laughs> Didn't get hurt. On your Harley. Oh, you went to that thing. I went to that that school. Yeah, you went to that school. My instructor was half my age and had been riding longer than I did. Well, which <laughs> honestly is like I I was com I completely surrendered myself to it because my belief right. is that the two types of motorcyclists yeah. are came out of the womb riding two strokes. Well, two stroke guys. And you didn't get to ride motorcycles until you moved out of your parents' house. Right, and true. I'm in the latter category. And uh, he said I did very well. And I almost bought a dirt bike this week. Then and you did really, out. really well. Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you worked your way into a sale, then you're his best friend ever. Well, not from him. Oh, yeah. It was just one on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. It, yeah. was a, it was a Suzuki RM80, a 94. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna well, let you, you right shoot, now. You should shoot Cam? yourself in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll, and we'll, we'll have more fun. Sure yeah, yeah. It would be that, better than yes. buying that RMA. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, I didn't buy it. So. A a four you stroke. yourself in the deck. A four stroke. <laughs> a four stroke. <laughs> a four stroke with a button starter is better than any two stroke with a Kickstarter. Um, for people who want to learn how to ride in the dirt, because mm -hmm. I did. I started with. Kickstarters. I started with that. And the problem is you spend so much time kicking on the side of a hill that you never learn how to ride the bike. And if you could just push the fucking button every time you stall it or drop it or anything else, you'd spend a hell of a lot more time riding it than you do kicking it. And I did cut my teeth on a series of two-stroke dirt bikes. And all I can tell you for sure is you can't make progress as a rider when you are just fighting with the fucking thing to get it started uh the electric leg or button you know whatever you want to call it having an electric start button on a four-stroke motorcycle is like magic as far as like i fucked up okay just reel in the clutch stab the start button and let move the clutch on. out again and move on. move on proceed gaily forward <laughs> and if you do that you're going to experience more skill you're going to get better and better and better at it and i didn't know that until i borrowed a friend's uh, four stroke with an electric starter and I was like holy shit 
we go out riding now, Being and the I white from God came down and <laughs> yeah. it was right on you. We can like, ride for an hour and a half, and I can actually ride for an hour and a half. Whereas before, I was riding for twenty minutes, and then getting you know oh, carpal yeah. ankle syndrome for the other hour and a half. Kicking at a forty-five degree angle. Yeah, <laughs> kicking uphill sideways. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I can't I imagine why my left. Why does my left boot smell like gasoline and my right foot has fucking AIDS? I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm gonna have to. Why wait. do you have gout and only one leg? <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to wait until winter to find something to find yeah. like a good deal on something. Cause you like, get yourself a, a happy little chug along, you know, one twenty-five or two fifty four mm-hmm. stroker. So, you're yeah. gonna be the happiest guy in the world, and you can go around. Down in Acorn, where you live, and you can ride along all the railroad tracks and all that shit, and just like plot along happily, you're gonna really have a good time because riding in the dirt is fun. I mean, it's super cool. I got a sled. I spent I spent just a couple hours. I spent a couple hours in the dirt. Yeah. Um, and like, I used to be Uh, terrified of yeah on the the bike. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it was mid Ohio. (laughs) I woke up. I had Liza's dick in my mouth. It was the weirdest thing. The rubber one or the other one? <laughs> <laughs> Both. Yeah. Uncle Liza had touched me in an unfair way. <laughs> um, and yeah. those like I, I used to have like nightmares, okay. like waking yeah. nightmares about the black, <laughs> the black tar strips. Yeah. I need more of that. Because they're scary. Because you're riding oh, and you've got traction. You've got you've got two credit card sized contact ah. patches, and that's all that's connecting you, you know, yeah. to planet Earth. Dirt and then bikes hit, are the way that the, you will learn that sideways is okay. Yeah, sideways that, is fine. To. Sideways is okay. My first time riding a flat track bike, I got put on a 500 cc flat track bike. <laughs> you know, uh, XR. I got put on a 500 when I was pretty young. And, like, the guy's like, just let the back end get out. Let the back end get out. Get down close I mean, to the rail. Let it. Get I in mean, the cushion. You can't help it. Right. He's like, get in the cushion. Get down where it's really soft. Your front tire will bite. Let the back end hang out. And once the back end gets out where the back end feels like it's passing you, then you just keep the front end pointed where you want to go and keep feeding it throttle. And to a 17-year-old, that sounds complicated. Turns out, though, once you do it and you once the back end starts to walk out, it all comes together, and your brain goes, oh, I get it now. I can't do this with the front wheel and the back wheel pointing in the same direction. Right. And dirt bikes are the same way. And my first dirt bike, the front, front brake was a drum brake that I would like to say was smaller than the drum brake on my mom's bicycle, <laughs> right? And I realized really quickly that the front brake on a, on a dirt bike was simply to hold it while you kick-started it. <laughs> the front brake didn't really do anything, or you hoped it didn't. It was only there so you could keep the bike immobilized while you were starting it. Because if you tried to use a disc brake on a dirt bike out in the real... Oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. So you, you learned real quick that the difference between a left turn and a good left turn was spinning that back tire harder. I sold my ruckus today. What? Nice. You did? Yeah, but I was looking at it while I was selling it, I'm like... That disc or that drum brake, that drum brake is, yeah. is, that is drum brake. the size of a hockey puck. The drum brake is the same size on your average geriatric retarded person's tricycle. Right. Right. It's the same exact drum brake. It's the same size. And I was like, yeah. I'm so glad to get rid of this. So yeah. then the guy hits the, I never ever use the kill switch. Oh. The guy hits the kill switch, he turns it back on, tries to start it. Yeah. yeah. Dead. Dead, of course. Right. Because yeah. I'm like. Oh. Yeah, because that switch has never been switched. Right, so I sprayed some contact cleaner, and I worked it a few times, and it was fine. Off he fucked. 
Poppy fuck. Exactly. And I got rid of it. And it's I like, see what? a Simba over there calling your name. <laughs> no, I, and, and I do want to. I do want to look at that Simba. Go ride that fucking thing. It's fun. That Simba is hilarious. I love riding that. Is bike. it still raining? No, nah, it's nah. still raining. You can take it whenever you want this week, though. Go, go have fun with it. I've been loaning people bikes left, right, and center. Chris Smith borrowed our Kawasaki Vulcan 1500 for like three days, four days. And he came back out, and he was completely enthusiastic that that was exactly not the bike he wanted. <laughs> and that he'd rather have something else, but exactly the same thing. He still wants a giant V-twin. He wants to be Japanese, and he wants to be a cruiser bike. And he wants to be all the things that that Kawasaki Vulcan are. But he just doesn't want that Kawasaki. With the one that from a few podcasts ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's a nice bike. It's actually a really nice bike. I and still want to try it. Nice Every time bike. I ride it, I just look down and I realize that it is the color of like rose dust or whatever that fucking oh, yeah, horrible, paint horrible coat color. is. Yeah. It's the color of like, you know, uh, like, it's just old, a bad like color. old lady. It is. It's the entire old lady rouge collected yeah. collection in one motorcycle. It's not a cool pink. No, it's not a cool. Because there are some like there there are some pink motorcycles no. that I would absolutely no, just it is I would not ride. A cool pink. It it's is not a pink. It's like a gray rose brown dust. Pink. Yeah, it's like you I don't like it. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's a bad color. color. But it rides so nice no, and it does that's everything. A, that's a really nice bike. It's a though. really functional bike. It's very functional. It does everything well. For the price, you can't beat it. I told him he could have the thing for three thousand bucks, two bucks a cc for a fuel injected fifteen hundred, right? That it's seems way like better a, than this. That's a sore dick deal. I don't like his. I don't. Whatever. I know he's ready for a big cruiser. I want to trade him. I want to trade him. I'll, I'll give him that fifteen hundred cc Vulcan. I want his eight hundred Drifter. That 800, but you know, that's the bike you should just be driving. I love that 800 that Drifter. That Drifter is awesome. I know it. I know a lot of people are going to be like, wow, really? The Indian starter kit? Like, that is, that bike should be called Pocahontas. Why? Because it's, it's totally a, a bitch engine Indian. Is, that's a good yeah. engine. I know. I love the 800. I love the Vulcan 800 motor. I think it's a good motor, and I love the look of the bike. Yep. It's exactly what it needs to be. But it is, compared to all the modern Indians and 1,500cc Vulcans that came mm-hmm. after it, it is Pocahontas, you know? Uh, it's but only like one, I like thousand, twenty-four. I don't care, Indian. I want it. And you know what? They're the same fucking <laughs> color, so take that. They're both <laughs> Oldsmobile Buick Burgundy, so <laughs> screw you. It's not. You can't complain about the color. They're both the same fucking color. Goddamn, we still do a podcast? All right, ride <laughs> fast, take chances. Press button, get out of here, go home, drive safe, ride fast, take chances. All right. Done. 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 Bill, are these the, are these the actual, like,